What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 267. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and this week we're going to blame Rick Hogue for being late. It is his fault today. So, he's uh, Mr. Hogue is off doing stuff with the family, uh, but we are here with Mr. Rodriguez and Mr. Ty Guy, ready to roll. How we doing, boys? Good. I'm here. I'm excited for the Wait. return of Gold Frame. <laughs> Good times. The Don't one, the only true yeah. frame for Hope. He beckons you to enter his web of sin. But don't go in. <laughs> great song. It's a great uh, the song. Viewers did not expect a Broadway show as they tuned in today, but we do it all here at BitCast. Oh, my God. What's happening? What's happening? Chat, good to see you. Good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, man. It's going to be a fun week. We've got, uh, yes, Hogue is out. He is, uh, he is doing some post-occupational uh, therapy stuff today, having a good time with friends and family. So he'll be back next week. Um, other than that, I want to just quickly give a thank you as well for the continued engagement I've mentioned a couple weeks now on the on the YouTube side, on the audio side. Just uh, it's been really, really nice to see. And a lot of people actually watch us post live show, which makes sense, right? It's Sunday morning here. Um, but more and more people seem to watch the show after we're live. So thank you. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment if you can't join the live chat. We do respond to all comments. And if you want something discussed, you can put that in a comment as well. I'll usually pull up a comment or two um, if questions come up on the following week. So, all right. Today we're going to be talking about, obviously, what we've been playing. We've got uh, we've hit October, boys. So it is the month of games in 2023, which feels like every month. Um, but October is especially obnoxious. So we'll talk through some of that. Um, we're also going to be talking about the kind of shocker of Jim Ryan retiring over at PlayStation. Uh, what's to come there, his legacy, uh, what that looks like, and uh, you know some of the things going on behind the scenes there. And of course, uh, we want to touch on some of the layoffs across the industry as well. Epic Games, Sega, etc. And uh, like I said, some more game updates for October. But that's that's the intro yeah the intro is done i can move we're on. done thanks for everybody for showing up we appreciate you yeah we're good have a good week we'll see you next we'll see you next uh week. but of course we got to start the week with our traditional google men super chat coming right out of the gate oh man not even not but five years google men remember stubs the zombie and it's uh and is it true they make candy corn with real candle wax uh yeah, I remember Stubbs the Zombie for about two seconds. Uh, and Stubbs the Zombie. Good yeah. game. Stubbs, Phil, what, uh, one zombie. of those games that Phil Spencer actually likes, which is why it was brought back uh, on Xbox. That's yeah. that's true. Like Voodoo and Vince. Like Voodoo Vince. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe I'm mixing it up with Voodoo Vince. Sorry. I think you, you are. I got those two mixed. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, and also, uh, Candy Corn is awesome. Mm. FD haters. Are you candy. you actually love candy corn? I like candy corn. Yes, that explains a lot. <laughs> Come on, chat. Where are my yeah. candy corn defenders? I need yeah. help. We're always getting beat up on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ames like, was that kid in the class that ate crayons, and he likes yeah. candy corn. So there you go. <laughs> crayons. No, I mean it depends on the color. You know what I mean? But yeah, not, like not the... <laughs> what's your favorite crayon color? Purple. Purple. Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. Actually, true story. In was it third grade? Third grade, I started a mass crayon fight in our classroom where we all I got everyone to start breaking their crayons in half and throwing them at each other. And it got so out of control that they had to get multiple teachers come in and I got put against the wall. This was a different time where I got put against the wall and threatened to be paddled if I did something like that again. So, yeah, good times. Somebody went to school in the 80s. Yeah. It, right. Yes, yes, early 80s those, at that. Uh, third those grade. are the fun days yeah. where uh, it was considered a prank to uh, smash somebody's head into a water fountain when they went down yeah. the ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Good times. Not, not felony assault. <laughs> Tell, tell you what though it made you look over your back before you made sure yourself did. vulnerable you know sure I mean? yeah <laughs> I, I too went to a public school i know these these things it's a scary scary place to be you know oh yes yes at times for sure um anyway thank you googleman appreciate you kicking us off as always and shout out to vintage willow for not only gifting 10 subs as always thank you very much willow i got one you're awesome but She's even better because she agrees candy corn is the best. See, we, we've got the best audience here. They know what's up. Mm. Wow. I didn't think anybody ate that. I figured that they oh. just scooped it out of the trash cans every year and repackaged it, got it back out into the market. Yeah. Tastes the same pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the shelf life on candy corn. Is <laughs> I once uh, oh, man. I once was playing a, a comedy show where the uh, the loser had to drink room temperature candy corn flavored soda nice and nice. uh that person vomited on stage which was great it was not me no I, I it was a comedy show i obviously won dan i'm hilarious Come that's on. true my bad. Silly. that's my bad to settle this we're doing oh, candy so corn mole. let's go probably candy is. corn mole uh no you sound okay on my end Nah, what is that somebody's, something? somebody's complaining. Someone's complaining. All right, double check the mic while I get the candy corn poll up. If you're on the hoax side, good morning and welcome. As always, we're going to put a candy corn poll up on the season gaming side if you want to swing over and yeah. vote. But why don't we go ahead and talk about some games? I think that's why we're here. Um, so uh, I guys do not have a lot to discuss because uh, I am reviewing Forza motorsport um and i think anyone who follows knows that that's a big one for me i've been really looking forward to this one all year um but of course i can't talk about it. all i can say is that i'm reviewing it and the embargo is october 4th um but i can't say anything else right now so uh that has been the majority of my time this week um but i am curious to hear i don't know if you are travis because i know you're in review season two but now that Review the audience at wide it's always review season but the audience at wide now has access to phantom liberty i'd love to hear you guys takes on uh cyberpunk slash phantom liberty because uh hogue wanted me to mention his thoughts on that as well but if someone wants to kick us off have you been playing it travis phantom liberty yeah i've been playing cyberpunk 2.0 trying to get to phantom liberty uh <laughs> i'm not quite at the dlc yet uh i could have just gone straight to the dlc because i have a save file that's like right before the final uh the final run but uh with all the changes it just didn't feel right to go straight there so i started a new playthrough i'm playing as female v this time females better by the way that's what i hear but you know i you know give it a try so far it seems the exact same so we'll see if (laughs) well the the, the only the only difference is how you um it's how you uh can uh romance 
But of course, if you're female, you get the romance uh, Judy. And as we all know, Judy is the best. So, But if you're Travis, you don't romance any characters in video games. <laughs> <laughs> he romances himself. Says <laughs> oh, the guy who plays dating sims. But yeah, I tend to <laughs> skip over the, the romance options when, when possible. Really? That's super weird. I would have weird? thought you would have been, yeah. I would have thought you'd been like trying to get everybody. Well, especially in Cyberpunk too, because the way Cyberpunk's set up, right, is that the core characters that you meet, they have long threads of missions and relationship building with those characters. So like it's kind of a yeah, kind of a big I do part all of those the game. Missions. Yeah, I do all those missions. And then at the very end, you're like, nah, son. Travis. Well, they give you an explicit <laughs> option for <laughs> romantic, and I never feel the need to. Hmm. Hmm. I think we talked about this with Mass Effect, how I was I never did the the romance stuff and people think I'm crazy for not doing the romance options. In Mass Effect. I think you're I'm crazy. Like, I'm like, we're trying to save the galaxy here. Put it away. What are you doing? Let's keep this professional. Come on. Stress relief. Come on. Have some fun <laughs> <Stress on. relief>. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> okay. By the way, Mass good. Effect 2, that would be, who is the best one in that? I'd go with Jack. Jack is the crazy cybernetic oh, girl, right? Yeah. Come like on. Jack, Judy. Stand. They're the best. Come on. They're the best. No. All right, Dan, you've had you've had Miranda. Come on. Miranda is the the Sarah Starfield or not Sarah. Who's the Starfield? Sarah Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah. Okay. Yeah. She's genetically perfect. Miranda was just. Yeah, but she is the boring option. If you choose Miranda, you you option. Yeah. Yep. Sure is boring. (laughs) The first thing that popped in my head. Come on. Dan, you've had some complaints about. So, well, not complaints. That's not fair. No. I won't put words in your mouth. But you, you um, are playing two dot Did you go through Phantom Liberty yet, or have you yeah, kind of started? It's long, so like not that long. Yeah. It's a lot shorter than what you think. I don't think it was that long. I finished it already. Uh, but you do like a hundred hours a week in games. Like that might be true, but it, <laughs> I, it didn't feel like it was super long. It felt like a, uh, I don't know, maybe like an extended main mission maybe like the it's a little bit maybe, maybe twice the size of the carry uridine stuff um but it, it wasn't that long there was a lot of talking like there's a lot a lot of talking in 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 that in in that there, there, there's less action i feel like maybe 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 the same as there is just conversations that like really really kind of drag on but it was good but it was it just it didn't seem like I mean, I wouldn't go out there and say it's like the best thing ever, but it, it, it was, it was, I enjoyed myself. Idris Elba does a really good job. Uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of, like, like there, there's, some, there's stuff I can't talk about because it, it, yeah. it would spoil it. So, but there's, there's some things that are kind of just left on the table and you're just like, what, what about this person? You know, and I mean, I have no idea what's going on here. And then, it, but for the most part, I, I, I liked Dogtown kind of a shithole but it you know it was it was nice to have kind of that <clears throat> uh i guess comparison to whatever it's else nice contrast contrast yeah. yeah and uh so so it was good i don't like 2.0 as much as everybody else uh i, I don't the, the builds and stuff in it i had a perfect net runner right like it was just i would just go in i would sneak in i could basically eliminate you know, an entire uh, one of those NCPD, uh, you know, 
missions where where you got to go in and like find the leader and it's just kind of like one of those yeah side missions or yeah. cyber psychos it would take, it would take yes yeah, or cyber psychos or something like that yeah right I, I would barely use guns and now i feel like i'm kind of forced into it and i'm not a huge fan of that it kind of took away some of those options i, I i'm still you know I'm still trying to do that netrunner uh build but it's it's just not the same and it, it's but it's not terrible either there's it, it just you just have to play differently it doesn't really fit the play style that i've i've i've, I've had i've done like three playthroughs now so it, it's i've done a uh kind of a guns blazing kind of you know and then i've done like kind of a net runner build i've done like the melee build and the net runner was always my most enjoyable one yeah um, and and it, it's it's just not fair like it was like they got rid of breach protocol completely you know, basically that's gone. And what that would do would be to set up like you would, you would breach then everything else, you know, maybe you have contagion and uh, the one that makes you on fire. And there, there's a bunch of different uh, overheat, overheat. That's it. You know, and you could go in there and basically just launch that and it would spread to a point where if you're like just crouching, your criticals go up, you know, and just trying to min max, that kind of stuff. And I had it just right. And then when I got back in, I had to respec everything and I couldn't find all that. I was going to say, because what, what you're describing, you can, you can do. I think you're talking about contagion. Contagion. He did. Contagion. He said contagion yeah. and overheat, but you can, you can still stack those on top of each yeah, other. But you, but, it, but here's the thing though. I mean, your, your, your base ran, I mean, unless you, there's a way that you can get it up higher. Cause mine's about 30 is where mine starts. Uh, and so let's say you want to go in and, Launch, launch contagion well in in, in like was it 1.6 or whatever it was before mm-hmm. it was one or two ram cost right not a big deal now it's 12 right which is for the remember there's different levels though so there, there from, there's there's common to legendary hacks as well and they they cost different ram right Right, yeah, I understand that part. But I mean, I, why, you know, the, 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 I have all legendary stuff. Yeah, so, but what I mean is, if you're saying the RAM's too high and you want to do multiple things, you can go down to like purple ones, right? And then you can stack them. That's not, that's not fun. I didn't have to do that before. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm just trying saying, to say. What, why, yeah, why, but why, what, you're, what you're describing, you can do is what I'm saying today. Yes. And if I, you want to sacrifice, you know, damage and, and whatever other stats that you want to do, you could absolutely go down and put like a common, contagion on there and be a scrub look i have intelligent my intelligence is only 10 and i'm only level 55 so the cap's 60 now and i already have 32 ram his intelligence so is like, only 10 ends <laughs> <laughs> no but no no what i'm saying for dan is if you if you go into 60 like remember you were probably at 50 which was max level right mm-hmm. previously and you probably if you did full net renter build you probably maxed out intelligence what I'm saying is, are you maxed out though? Are you like, level sixty now with max yes. intelligence, max and intelligence, max cyberware, max everything? Then except why are you for, only in thirty RAM? Reason. That makes no sense. You can get way higher than that. I, I mean, I maybe I don't have the right uh, gear. I don't know. I mean, it's that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you've maxed out what you can actually do because I have more well, RAM than you, Dan, and I'm not even a net runner. To Dan's point, though. If yeah. the if by the time Cyber Runner starts feeling good is when you're maxed out on it, that's probably not good. And in the 1.6 or 1.5 or whatever, uh, which I also was a net runner, 
uh, yeah. it felt good pretty much right away, and you could get through most encounters without firing your gun. And and he's right that it it, it makes you mix up combat a lot more now. Like you have to mm. get a few shots off with your pistol and then switch to net running unless you're able to stealth, which I would say is touch and go. Like sometimes yeah. you hack somebody and they notice you right away, and sometimes uh, you're able to stay hidden for longer. And so. Um, I, I get Dan's point. I think they did change it. The question I think you would ask is, is it good that you have to mix up combat more that they make you kind of hybrid it so you can't just like stay crouched behind a dumpster and take out an entire uh, facility from afar? Um, and I, I'll say I, I think it does feel a little better. And I, I think the perks are more impactful on this time around. And so um, I get I get what Dan is saying. I'm just my experience has been that it doesn't feel as overpowered anymore. And maybe that's a good thing, but I get what, I get what Dan's saying. I think that's fine. But I think, you know, for me, when cyberpunk launched, it was, you know, and this is how I play most of these games anyway. So any kind of RPG, I try to min max something, you know, I'll try to go like one extreme yeah. direction. And usually that works for me. You know, I can usually find something and, you know, it almost felt, feels like they took that option away from me. Cause I mean, I've got every single skill in, intelligence at 20 i've got uh i think i've got like body and technical ability and one other one maybe maxed out no i don't i don't have cool maxed out or i can't remember what it was exactly i got like at least three of them maybe four uh to 20 and yeah it, it's it's not hard because like when, when there, there's different ways to do it because now there's a there's a one of those perks i think you can get uh every time you like holster and or get a new gun, like your SMGs will reload automatically while, while you holster. So I just mm -hmm. basically crafted three super fast firing SMGs with very high, you know, with the smart weapons or whatever they are. Yeah. That's what it kind of le leans into. And I just basically never have to reload. It's just a constant. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like it's, the game is harder necessarily it just plays different than what i'm used to um i mean i i don't even use my quick hacks really that much anymore which mm. is kind of weird because that's kind of what that whole character was before it the 2.0 updated before i went and yeah. did the upgrade i mean i i still use the quick hacks but like i think the trade-off dan and and i i actually i do think dan's uh, point is valid which is like the builds are a fair bit more restrictive than they were. Um, but I think the skill trees are also more well-rounded and have more options. So like the fact that there's now a gun skill in the um, intelligence tree, I feel like it's kind of a big deal. It's different from what we had before. And so now you can be good at shooting the smart weapons and doing some of the net running stuff. And I think mm. if you want to invest fully and get 20 points in intelligence and then combine the smart gun tree with the hacking tree, then it makes you feel like a more well-rounded dynamic character rather than just somebody that just hacks. Cause I also enjoyed the hacking, but I'm sort of thinking this as a separate game just cause the trees are so different and I'm doing like technical ability and uh, intelligence and having a good time, but it definitely is different. Uh, it doesn't let you just go like, you know, you, it doesn't let you just go super, super hard into the hacking game and into one, I guess. Yeah, because like in the in the past, to dance point, I had like all legendary, and each to use each of them costs one or two ram, or, you know, or three or something like that. And right. then I was just like sitting in the back and applying like a whole bunch. Um, but I also think that this one has like 
the last one was more restrictive. Like you didn't really have a cyber run queue. Like you could basically do like one ability That's at true. a time and you, you had to wait stack for them now. Yeah. You can yeah. stack them now, which I think is, is so needed because before I was like, why do I have to wait for it to end? I have to like use it and then hide and then peek around and target them again. And it, it just felt completely pointless. So um, yeah, I, I very much like that. You can, that I, I think that they've streamlined a lot of the systems and made it, made it feel, um, better but they they've also kind of limited how, like you know you can't just go like full bore into certain builds right at least from my experience um i do think stealth feels pretty good though i stealth I, is awesome because that's how i play yeah i've only gone into stealth a little bit but that was sort of like my third tree in the yeah. other game and I, I feel like that part feels a little bit better in this game so far so yeah that's a, well that's you get you started. get optical camo now and you use that and put all the perks on it and then you get your uh kind of physical dash your super dash and speed right so even when you do get spotted you can dash out of sight or like pretty much just take across an entire building and you can get lost so to your point dan if you mix that with the hacking like even if you have the perks for to limit their tracing ability right you can even if you do then get traced i just camo dash run gone i'm on the other side of the building and i'm re messing with them they don't know where i go um so it's uh you can kind of combine those two to to keep screwing with them remotely if you want to yeah i mean uh, i don't know i just i just felt like you know i think lucia said they got rid of cold blood which i thought was an amazing perk cold uh, blood was my main perk in my oh original gosh build, it was yeah. so good like you yeah. know and it would stack and you know then you would it was just it just worked right and 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 you know now every a lot of these <laughs> skills are kind of i don't know they're kind of gate kept behind your your level right like like to to where where it's like they were before but you didn't have to there wasn't a tree necessarily as as much as you know okay well, I'm, i hit level 20 now i can pick whatever i want any of these skills like i don't have to pick this one this one this one to unlock you know what i want to unlock i can just pick the one i want to unlock and be done based on my you know level in that in that skill you know so that i, I don't i'm not a huge fan of that but you know, I, I get it. You know, they kind of they kind of evened it out a little bit. It still works. Uh, I'm not as you know. I, I much rather have the older build because it reminds me of like when No Man's Sky just went crazy, and you know, it was like okay, this is really kind of hot garbage and not much to it. Then they're like, okay, we're going to slowly kind of improve it, and they did. And CDPR. I mean, I don't know if you guys played a whole lot. You know, I mean, Travis did. He played a whole playthrough through like 1.6. And they did an amazing job from what it launched at to what they were before 2.0. And I don't think they needed to go this route. I think it was, you know, I, I just don't know why they did. But, you know, far be it for me to tell somebody to, you know, do whatever they want to do. But, like, with No Man's Sky, it just got to the point where it was just like, this is insane. Like, there's so much, and it's so different than, like, launch. You know, it, it was, it was I, I couldn't play it anymore. Because I couldn't understand. There was so much. There were so many systems and stuff to understand. Cyberpunk doesn't go that far, right? Like in, in Phantom Liberty in 2.0, it just kind of changes what I think actually worked just fine uh, prior to it. I don't think there was a, a need for it. The the new uh, like vehicle skills and stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. they're all right. I mean, but I mean, they're not super useful. You know, I mean, it really, if you go back to the main game and say you get those skills, you know, in the main game, there's really not a whole lot of missions that involve 
you having to do some of this stuff, like double jump out of your car and, you know, no, it's just for fun. Yeah. Right. They're kind of, they're kind of pointless. And they're, it's, it's nice that they kind of keep those separately. You know, they kind of put one in each skill tree. That's kind of, yeah. And it's just a perk you know, point. Like you don't right, have to use any point. skill points on it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's fine. I mean, I, I don't think I've used them at all. I think I got one that had like the, where, where you didn't get hurt, I guess is where you, you can run into, like if you crash into something in your car, you, you take some damage. Not that it mattered because my regeneration was ridiculous, but you know, now you just don't take any damage with that perk or whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of. It makes your car stronger too, I think. Makes your car yeah, stronger, car. yeah. Yeah, a couple other things. You know, you can hack cars, one of them is, you know, and yeah, it's cool. But that's it's just fun. stuff. Yeah, I just never used them because there was no, there's not a whole lot of, I guess, instances where that would come in handy. You know, so no, but I of, think you're looking at it from the viewpoint of, how am I going to use this in this mission? And I think some of the stuff in the game now is they've created a more sandbox for the player to just have fun with. It doesn't always have to be. I think you're viewing it as here's the most optimal path on how I should complete the mission it's giving to me. And it's like, well, the game's not doesn't always have to be just about what's the most optimal path to complete a mission. Oh, no, no. I mean, I mean, there's there's parts where I mean, there's so many missions where there's literally nothing involved with you know what i was talking about the vehicles and stuff yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah. but i mean there, there might be you know a handful of them throughout the entire game you know and when well, and you get you get the new gigs too i don't know if you've done all the new gigs for yeah i've done cars and some, i've done yeah i finished it yeah for uh what's his name Mumar or whatever his name is uh captain I forget captain something right yeah i can't remember yeah, oh I can't remember. yeah, something like that. <laughs> I got all that stuff. I got his car. You know, I got you know. There's there's a bunch of stuff where you know, <laughs> I I bought or I got the you know, like the car thing. I always drive the Porsche anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, uh, the, I mean, the weapons and stuff are good cool. Man. Are you know with the with the with the new cars? You know, having some of them that have like onboard weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that yeah. would come in and more much more handy, I think, throughout the main game. But I started. I probably have maybe 10 or 15% left of the main game is where my, my save was when I loaded it up. Oh, yeah. So I kind of went straight into Phantom Liberty uh, and just wanted to kind of get that story and see what it was like and stuff like that. I'm surprised you, um, yeah, I'm surprised you're not more impressed with the story. I adored it. Yeah, it was, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I mean, you definitely, if you haven't, it's definitely adds some stuff to the main story, which is which is nice, you know. So it's it's I don't know. It's good to see Keanu back, you know. And and Idris, like I said, does a great job. Uh, short of that, you know, it's just kind of like, eh. It was good. It was good. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it was good. You know, it was, I mean, I had a good time. You know, and now it, I'm good for a while. Now I can. I, I I will I will say I am uh, I do like that you said there's a lot of talking in Phantom Liberty after you just said Baldur's Gate three is your game of the year I I do like that. Oh, that that's not even close. <laughs> there's not even close. It's not even close. The amount of like like whatever it is the cinematics there's so many in Phantom <laughs> Liberty it's crazy how much is in there. You know, yes, I, there are. That's fair. Like, yeah. like just playing through the main story, I'm just like, man, and they're long. You know, like the whole first part, like you know, the you know, setting everything up is. I was just like, man, this is taking 
forever and I go through stuff pretty quick, but I was also still kind of, you know, learning my build at the time. So I didn't know what that exactly what I was doing. Uh, but it took a long time and it just sounds like, man, this is dragon. I need to get into the the meat. I need to get into the, I want to see what Dogtown's all about. And it's kind of tiny. It's kind of a small little area, you know, but it's, it's, it's all right. It's good. It's good. The gigs. Now, let me ask you guys this. I mean, I know you've never played any, but any you have, and this is really not a spoiler. Like Mr. Hands is one of the fixers mm -hmm. and he was there. He's in Pacifica. Generally he only had like a couple of real in the main gigs game. You mean in the main game, mm -hmm. right? Did they change yep. that voice actor? Because oh god, I don't know. I, I just feel like when I when I talked to him over the whatever the hollow thing, he was always kind of like, hey, 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 he got a really high pitched voice, and now he's just kind of <laughs> like this really proper. You know, I'm just like, what? Who is this dude, man? It's not the same. I don't guy. know. I don't Maybe remember. Honestly, I, it's 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 just been you know, it's been a while. And that, that was. I loved his thing. missions though in Phantom Liberty. Oh yeah, they were good. Like some of them, some of those gigs are hilarious. You know, and I did like those some of his some of his uh, some of his gigs, but I mean it's fine. I mean it's good. They this is what they wanted to do, and this was their kind of final vision. Then that's great. Yeah, I think they did a great job. I think they did a better job from launch to right to prior to this. I think they really kind of got everything up to you know that CDPR standard. I think that everybody's used to with like you know the final version of The Witcher Three and stuff, but. You know, I uh, I just would have preferred it. Like, I don't think he really needed to mess with the skill trees as much, but still liked it. Still enjoyed it. Still fun. Pretty much all okay. I played this week. So. Gotcha. Cool. Travis, you're still playing through. What else? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's jump over real quick and get the Super Chats caught up. <clears throat> w. Yep, there you go. Travis, is your mic going through your ear? <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, Debbie. I did it again. I fixed it. I don't know why. I, I thought StreamYard's supposed to remember your settings. It has in the past. StreamYard doesn't remember I, anything. Yeah. It, uh, for some reason, it's been resetting to my AirPods every week, which is... <laughs> but Debbie, thank you. You didn't have to super chat for that, but I do appreciate it. I know. Um, if she didn't super chat, I might not have seen it, though. So I'm glad she did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Thank you, Debbie. Uh, Rick and uh, Rick Davis, with the $5 super chat. Morning, guys. Controversial opinion. I think Liza P is my favorite Souls game. What other fairy tales do you think uh, would make a cool Souls game? Wow. Mm. Um, I, I haven't played enough of Liza P. That's probably a better comment for you, uh, Travis. But, um, yeah, favorite Souls game yeah. is certainly something. Um. I mean, I can see it. Uh, I don't know if that's a hugely controversial opinion because it depends on what you like in a Souls. Like, I, I would say the world sure. building is probably better than the vast majority of Souls likes. The story is almost certainly better than basically any Souls like out there, with the exception of maybe the Jedi Survivor uh, games. Um, and yeah, if 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 that if that's your vibe, if you like uh, that sort of stuff, I definitely could see. Why I'd like it. I've I've got my qualms with it. You know, I gave it an eight out of ten, which uh, I I would have given other Souls likes uh, a higher review had I reviewed them probably. Um, but uh, I could see it for sure. I really like that game. It's cool. It's cool. What other fairy tales? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. That would make a cool Souls game. I'm sure there's lots of them. Really. Um, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to climb your way to the top of the yeah, beanstalk. Climbing, yeah. I mean, it sounds like we're going to be doing that in Fable. I don't yeah. know. I guess that's already a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really yeah. hard Speaking of game on Pump 4, give me Fable, yeah. man. God. Yeah, that game's going to be cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I'll try to think about it during the show, and if I think of one, Rick, I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, but that's a good question. Jack and the Beanstalk. Thank you. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll think of one. I'll think of one. Shoosh. Shoosh. Uh, Avina from Mass Effect is the best girl. Avina. Which one's Avina? She's I'm the, blanking. She's the hollow projected one on the Citadel, I'm pretty sure. She's the one that talks to you like, you know, hey, welcome to the Citadel. Oh. She, you know, <laughs> I think that's her. <laughs> I'm not going to argue Shoosh. with that. Uh, by the way, um, Tide says uh, Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz would be good. Alice in Wonderland is kind of like Alice, uh, you know, the, um, what's the guy's name who yeah. does those dark games? Um, man, I'm blanking this morning. There are Alice, like American dark McGee. Alice games already. Thank there you, are, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the McGee. Um, I don't know how Souls-like they are. I haven't actually played them, so I can't speak to that, but Wizard of Oz would be kind of funny. Yeah. Great. Um, Vina, shoes here. Crazy, American man. Uh, thank you for the super chat, shoes. Always appreciate you. And Don's here as well. Ah, oh, Don, showing up with $5 Super Chat. Good morning, casters of Bit. Uh, I hope all is well and everyone survives <laughs> this most awful month of the year. Halloween and spooky season suck. What? Uh, boring. Don. Man. But the candy. What? That's the best part. Oh, my God, Don. You've crushed me with this one, man. It's my favorite month of the year. Halloween's the best holiday. Come on. Come on. Not even close. Damn, but very, well, damn I mean, I take that What's back. What's your favorite was, holiday? Labor Day? Thanks, Thanksgiving, because <laughs> of the food. And then uh, Christmas. You then, realize you can make any food you want on any holiday, right? There, it, yeah, There's not a, a law around it, what food you different, can make. different, obviously. It is a, yeah, that, that just beginning of winter feel. Travis wouldn't know anything about this in San Francisco. But, you know, it's just <laughs> that, that the temperature hits just right. You come in, you have a big old fat-ass turkey and all the fixings. Then you have like the giants, you know, the what, what do they call it? The uh, the sandwich from Friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep, I do. The, the yeah. moist the moist maker. Right <laughs> That's, That's really. Yeah, really yeah. The great, Damn it! Bread in the middle. Yeah, it's great. Actually, I'm blanking on everything this morning. So you're saying the best holiday is based around food? Yes, and but okay. but but yeah. Halloween's up there because of candy. Like that's where you know it succeeds. It's like the day after Halloween is my kind of holiday because then I go to the store and everything's like 75% off for <laughs> Halloween candy. And I just buy like carts full of stuff. You know, I'm there like when they open. Oh, man. Like, give me those Reese's for 25 cents for that giant bag. That's me. 100%. That's great. Don, I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know about this one. Give me a refund on your super chat. No, I'm kidding. Thank you as always, Don. Hope you're well. Appreciate it. Um, and then one more thing we forgot to get to right at the start of the show is Tide's pictures this week. Travis, you ready for this? I'm ready. Tide, as always, comes through with our, our AI pictures. This week, we're going in an Alan Wake to Halloween October theme. Travis, I will say at least you don't look 10 in this one. No, yeah, I look I look great here. This is a I wish I looked like that. This is this is a come up for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, going from the bottom up, uh. Hoga is obviously just Alan Wake. Honestly, this feels like a pretty, 
pretty lazy uh, thing the AI did. I think they just took Hoag's face and put it over a picture of Alan Wake. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> I look like the uh, FBI agent who very clearly is going to betray my own and join the good guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just tell right on that I've, I've, I'm a softy. I'm not going to be able to be evil for much of the game. Um, Dan just looks like Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. Uh, it's just... <laughs> All right, Walter. Here's what you're gonna do. Like, I don't. I, he doesn't even look like he belongs in Alan Wake, really. Yeah. And Ains <laughs> is just Ains with no changes, so that's cool. Ains in the woods. <laughs> yeah, Ains in the woods with uh, the dual wired headphones again. Yeah, you look good, man. I love it. Yeah, Thanks, the, the, the wired headphones. I always. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are they dual this time? I don't see the. Yeah, yeah. The... I think that's just yeah. There's neck. one on the right. Okay. Well, I've got a wired neck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. No, I, yeah, I think it's a story. <laughs> Ty, thank uh, you as always. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, <clears throat> so what else you guys been playing this week? Like I said, I can't really talk about too much. Um, I wanted to hear about Phantom Liberty. Uh, I did touch Rocket League. Rocket League's current season is Porsche based, so you know I had to get in there. Um, but what else has been good? I heard uh, Cocoon is out and on Game Pass right now, which is apparently a puzzle game um but it's getting glowing reviews uh people raving about it i know it's way up there on the scale so have either of you touched that cocoon sorry what oh cocoon yeah yeah. i did download it i haven't opened it yet it looks great okay yeah it's supposed to be great if anyone in the chat's playing cocoon let let us know but i'm hearing really good things about that um Mm -hmm. what else anything good yeah um i reviewed the oh can i talk about that i can say i reviewed it uh okay well the embargo isn't up yet but i did review the uh new high on life dlc high on knife which is going high to on be knife live. Okay. high on knife which is going to be live tomorrow morning um i think it's 6 a.m pacific so it'll be like okay really early in the morning for you no i can't remember i can't remember but anyway it's gonna be live tomorrow sometime in the morning and um yeah uh should be good times uh, and then uh, I've, I also finished a bunch of games. So my Lords of the Fallen review is uh, starting tomorrow. And so uh, I've been trying to like clean up as many games as I can. I've been uh, trying to get through Cyberpunk 2077, even though I just beat that game, by the way. I picked a terrible time to replay that, that game because I kind of assumed that I was replaying it so that I could play Phantom Liberty. But now that 2.0 is here, I feel like I have to play it from the beginning. <laughs> so uh, I kind of... I should have just waited to play it. Um, and then uh, I, uh, I I finished Resident Evil 4 and the new DLC for that, Separate Ways. Ah, getting um, ready with, for that uh, Video Game Awards nomination? Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Ada Wong. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great game, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't. It's, it's basically... One of the, the highest rated game. games of the year, no doubt. Yeah, but it's not an original game. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I also I also <laughs> played Dead Space. Uh, I beat that game yesterday, which is another remake that again was very good, but Great also game. the same game that I played a long time ago. So I do hope they remake the others though, because I I would like an excuse to replay all those Dead Space games. Um, well, I really fun. would love to see two. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they remade three, if they would change anything about it. But yeah, and then I I played more Immortals of Avium. I played more um, Payday Three. I played more. Uh, which is having a lot of problems, by the way, Payday 3. Just like I, it's funny, in my review, I was like, look, the game's out, and I really like what's here, but it doesn't perform all that well, and given their track record, I feel like they're going to have a lot of technical problems, and then yeah. 
lo and behold, immediately after my review came out, like two days later, the review, the servers crashed and they have scarcely recovered. Um, so they're, they're having trouble there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to catch up on as many games as I can see stars kind of opened, uh, and, uh, yeah, and just lots of games and that's all going to end tomorrow. Cause I have to play Lords of the Fallen for presumably yes. like a week and a half. So um, literally my most anticipated game the rest of the year. Lord really? More than Alan Wake yeah. 2. More than Alan Wake 2. Yeah. Although Alan Wake 2, we're gonna touch on is really creeping up there because I'm I'm trying to be dark on it, right? Um, but there was uh previews that came out this week from IGN and other outlets, right? Major outlets that got to play it. And I didn't watch any of the videos because I don't want to see it, but I see all the tweets, right? Or threads or blue skies or whatever the hell they all are um about people talking about they played it and i swear every single person who's played it has been raving about how good it is um both from a dark and creepy perspective but also from like a just a gameplay and cinematic perspective as well nothing but like glowing previews for alan wake 2 so i am um i'm uh yeah i'm pumped for that one but lords of the fallen man did you see the overview trailer they did this week for lords of the fallen six minute trailer it nope. kind of gives an overview of the world, the you know how you build characters. So there's nine classes at the start, and like Remnant Two, you can unlock classes in the game. You can find them and unlock them, nice. and they are not static, meaning you it's like a starting point, but you can build any way you want. And there's like you know crazy customization of your character from a armor and weapon standpoint and all that. It just looks it looks incredible, man. I just yeah, hope the I gameplay delivers. I know there's a ton out there because it was a uh, IGN first, but as soon as I found out I was reviewing it, I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna read anything about it because I kind of just want to figure it out on my own." So, you know, sometimes yeah. it's nice to go in like completely, oh yeah, and, like not know anything, especially in the Souls like genre. So, as soon as I found out I was reviewing it, I was like, "All right, now I don't have to get hyped about it because I know I'm gonna play it." Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna be going I... in pretty pretty cold, but I'm excited. So that's good that's that's the best way I, i've said many times when i reviewed elden ring and not knowing anything about that game right other than the two minute trailer or whatever um yeah it's phenomenal it's what an experience i'll never forget um but then i like to play that game i like to play games that way some people don't right some people like to have their hand held um so it's really what you prefer but anyway um well sweet i um yeah, I know that uh, we will have the Forza review out this week, and we're also playing Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, which Mirage, uh, Mirage, which is uh, this week as well. So the the month is is cruising. So you get uh, Mirage and Forza if you buy the early access, <laughs> your favorite thing, the premium edition. Uh, both of those launch this week, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, on Friday, so on Friday, yes, yep, October fifth. So, um, Dan, I know big Assassin's Creed guy. We've obviously run the gamut of jokes around the Valhalla seven. Um, yeah. you pumped up Mirage going back to the, uh, old school formula. I, I, that's the only thing that's gonna get me to do it because I hate, I mean, and I don't know why they chose to go this route, but I, I'm not a huge fan of Bassam being the main character. Like he was, oh. you know. I mean, I, I'm just, I, I hated that guy. Like, I hated him the entire game. I mean, he was a dick the entire time. Now I have to play as him. I'm like, I'm like, why would you? I mean, yeah, story wise, whatever. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, Dan, uh, if I can just put that will, out of my head, 
I can I'll, I'll probably enjoy this Assassin's Creed probably more so than uh, a lot of the other ones because I mean I've been looking <clears throat> and, and some of the stuff that you can do are it's just insane. Counterpoint but, to Dan, mm -hmm. playing as a dick is one of the most fun experiences <laughs> in gaming. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption, Al, uh, uh, GTA, right? All games where you play. Red Dead Redemption, as... really? You call it? You call it Marston? One? Are you talking one or two? Either, dude. They come dude, on. Dude. Wait, what? what? Which which character are you gonna say isn't a dick in Red Dead? John Marston has a rough attitude, but he literally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, come no, on, come on. Man. They literally <laughs> killed. It, like, think of what he went through. What the story is of that game. Like, you're not gonna be a little angry about that. <laughs> I'm going to be a little angry, but his reaction, a little dickish, I would say, to that. No, I think it's on point. He's a criminal, his reaction bro. is on point. He's a criminal. I'll give you this. John Marston did a lot of stuff because the government made him do it, which I feel like they use as a foil. So there's more to that. But <laughs> especially in Red Dead 2, which is what I was thinking. Of Arthur? You're calling Arthur Morgan a dick? Yes, dude. This is where I take my final oh, stance. come on, bro. He oh, is... is, he is Without a doubt, at least in his actions, a dick. You have to beat up people to take their money. Do you not in that game? You don't have to. And I don't think yes, you, you do. To. As part of the story, as part of the story, I mean, yeah, you go, you can, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, for, for, go and yeah, beat up this guy and take his money. Literally, that's one of the missions. Yeah, it's literally a turning point of the game. <laughs> yeah, in one of those missions. Yeah, multiple kind of, times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But with that being said it's he's still like kind of like on a redemption arc it feels like like if you yeah, want him to be in order know, and, to be and, on a redemption what do you have to do first everyone of, of class course, yeah but anyone in the class have what? you ever had to do something you didn't want to do because you were forced to uh not beating somebody up and taking their money <laughs> yeah I've you've lived a, you so point. you've lived a privileged life is what you're saying shut up <laughs> <laughs> i i not, without a doubt reject your moral <laughs> this is <laughs> you know what let's get some philosophy majors in here because this guy this is it about to, this is where we stand this is where um, travis and i finally <laughs> battle arthur yeah, morgan is one of the arthur, best protagonists arthur ever in a video game period agreed and he's also a dick he is not a dick no yes, he he's no, got he's dickish qualities yeah <laughs> I mean, bro i can't argue bro. that but but he's he's Just also the fact that he changes you know what i mean like anybody's redeemable darth vader gets redeemed and he killed like a bunch of kids you know what i mean like he <laughs> murdered children and then later they were like you know what though really in the end what is you know infanticide? <laughs> he that took was his helmet that off. He's good now. Yeah, he's fine. You know, he killed. He threw an old man down a well, so therefore he's redeemed. So, Hoke, your is, opinion is not valid here, Hoke. You are not on the show. Unless you're on the show, I, your opinion I mean, is null. There we go. I mean, yes, I think. I mean, do you want to claim Hogue's opinion as the uh, no, I your, your... <laughs> I, I, think, I think I read his I, I read his comment and his seems to be more disparaging the uh, quality of the characters. I think the characters are great. I just think you know Rockstar games you play a dick usually bully. You play a dick, a, a mean kid. Well, I mean and, it's and in that, the name. Kind of the fun. It's kind it's of the in fun. The name. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto is also a name that, you know, it's a crime. <laughs> the game's a game after a, a felony. So it's good times.
I, I would argue that committing a crime doesn't necessarily mean you're a dick. True. But if the crime is beating up somebody and taking them <laughs> money, I would say you're probably a dick. <laughs> fair enough. Fair That's enough. Fine. By the way, I'm, hope, the hope, argument is pro dick. I'm saying playing a dick in games. Is, I, I is, know you are pro dick, my friend. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I mean, uh, Hogue uh, like <laughs> Hog, um, in the chat on on his side. Good morning, sir. Uh, glad to see everything went well this morning. By the way, I did forget to mention. Um, now that Hoag's here, he did want me to simply comment this morning about his love of, um, which is kind of funny because we had a long conversation about it, but his love of cyberpunk now, he seems to be really enjoying it more than he did previously. Um, he said, uh, da, 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 da. hold on, hold on, where is it? Oh, I missed it. But he said, well, he wanted me to comment anyway that Hoag, uh, he wanted to comment on Phantom Liberty and 2.0 this morning that he's really loving it. So I guess we'll talk more about that next yeah. week and he's back. Hopefully he's further through the Phantom Liberty story at that point as well. Um, Hopefully I get to it by then. I probably won't because of Lords of the Fallen. But like <laughs> well, next week we'll also be able to talk about Forza and Mirage as well. Both reviews. Mirage. Mirage. So. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Um. Roger, uh, Roger Morgan for the win. Not Roger. His name's Roger Clark. Um, Arthur Morgan for the win. I mixed up yeah. his real name. All right. Let's wow. jump over to... Um, let's get this uh, one super chat real quick. Darth Mac in the house before we jump ah, over. Don't miss or don't diss my birthday, Don. Uh, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> talking to... Relating Don, Don Linehart about, um, you know, crapping on Halloween. So I assume Darth's ah. uh, birthday is on Halloween. So... See, I mean, just and candy. That's, just that's, another reason why Halloween's awesome, right, Darth? You Tell like him. Halloween, huh? Yeah. Best, best. I could have guessed you're a Halloween guy. I will say, I I enjoy that Halloween is like the one holiday you don't have to celebrate with your family. That seems really nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Nobody goes <laughs> back home for Halloween. You know what I mean? That is true. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. So it's great, Darth. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. All right. Um, Jim Ryan, boys. Let's talk a little PlayStation. Oh, boy. So, um, Jim Ryan, obviously uh, president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, announces pretty casually, I might add, that he is retiring this week. He's just like, yeah, I'm done. Peace, bitches. No, he posted and then there was a blog that he, uh, you know, a PlayStation blog where he just wrote a couple paragraphs. It wasn't even long. Um, basically saying that, uh, you know, thank you. And, um, he kind of pointed to the, just, he's been doing this kind of work or in this industry for 30 years and he's tired of all the travel and that's it. He's done. So, um, which, you know, from, a <clears throat> from a person who's been in corporate life for a long time myself, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> I, if I was as rich as Jim Ryan, I would have been done a while ago. Um, but, um, you know, we're looking back at lottery, wouldn't you? say it again. You'd retire if you won the lottery. Oh, 100%. You wouldn't even hear me from. Oh, well, you'd hear me. I'd probably still do the show, maybe. But otherwise, you wouldn't really see me. I'd be gone. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yes. Yeah. You wouldn't keep your money, Ains. Gonna... Just li I'd live the life I do now. Just not have to work. <laughs> I can live within my means. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but anyway, 
<laughs> Jim Ryan, um, kind of kind of strange here, right? Um, and I want to talk about kind of quick background on um, Sony Interactive Entertainment kind of CEOs to, to kind of look at, you know, the history here. So it's a bit muddy. I kind of went through the whole history here. And there's a lot of restructuring within Sony around Sony Interactive Entertainment and their different layers of what PlayStation falls under. But generally speaking, you had people like Kaz Harai, Shu Yoshida, right? You had Ken Kutaragi. Um, but then Jack Tretton was the, you know, kind of very well-known, well-beloved PlayStation, uh, or excuse me, SIE CEO from 2006 to 2014. So he had a pretty long run there um, of eight years. And then Sean Layden, obviously, also kind of beloved, right? And was the captain during what would be the renaissance era of PlayStation during the PS4 era, uh, was 2014 to 2019. Um, just a heads up that at the tail end of Sean Layden's tenure is when they acquired insomniac and also you would imagine that all of the pieces the core work the dev the money everything uh, around the ps5 would have been at the tail end of laden's tenure as well um <clears throat> excuse me and then uh sean steps down september 30th of 2019 jim ryan takes over at that point so he's looking at less or almost exactly four years just less than four years um as ceo of sie uh, for now, they've announced that Haraki Totaki, I hope I pronounced that correctly, is the interim CEO, but it doesn't look like he's going to be the CEO long term. They're going to find someone else to appoint into that position. It is, we are announcing formally on BitCast today, it is Travis. So Thank you. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited. Speech. Um, this Speech. Is for the, Speech. This is for the players and uh, get ready for a lot of Sly Cooper. <laughs> hey, hey, no worries there. Uh, can you bring back that. resistance? Can I have you bring we'll back see. resistance? We'll see. Resistance was always bad, and uh, and I I think uh, I think we'll <laughs> probably save that one. I think we could do better. But yeah, I can't believe you're trying, a resistance fan. I'm trying to figure if I want to pick a fight on resistance because you already went so deep off the end with Arthur Morgan that I can't. I don't it's think I have deep, the energy. Bro. He's, he's I don't have mean. the energy. I would love to see you defend his actions one by one, <laughs> categorically, a bona fide murderer. <laughs> I mean, come right. on, semantics. Um, semantics. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if we look back at Jim Ryan, it's kind of a you know. Obviously, we don't know all the inner workings. Obviously, there's things go on at that level of executive, you know, play, especially when you're talking about a Japanese company. Um, well, what goes on there? But if you look back at the four years that he's been the head of PlayStation, you try to look at what he would have really impacted from his tenure on. Like I said, they had already inquired Insomniac. PlayStation 5 was already 80, 90% down the road, right? He would not have been the kind of head at that point even though it launched when he was CEO, but everything was already in place, right? I will say to give you to give you a little timeline of some of the things that happened since he was CEO. So PlayStation Studios, as we know it today, which is the first party umbrella for all of their development, right? Their in-house development. That was created in May of 2020. So that was, it might've already been kind of in play, but he's the one it launched under him. Um, PS5 launched late 2020, obviously PSVR 2, right? Launched last year. Um, the big thing, of course, is the acquisition of Bungie, 
which happened uh, was announced in January of 2022. It completed in July of 2022, although it's worth remembering that uh, Bungie is not part of PlayStation Studios. Um, they are independent, but they are obviously owned by PlayStation and Sony. Um, and then, of course, all we know as of right now uh, is the success from a uh, revenue standpoint and sales standpoint of the PS5 and, and the ecosystem is very, very healthy right now. But they're doing this shift to live service. We know what the plan is. He's talked extensively around what the plan is for investment into uh, live service, mobile, VR, kind of this other layer of PlayStation and the increased investment into PlayStation as a whole as part of Sony. Um, but we don't know if the investment in the live service or what is going to come over the next few years that he laid the foundation for, what that's going to look like, how successful it's going to be, et cetera, et cetera. So when you look back at Jim Ryan, right? And and I know I realize that Jim Ryan has become almost a caricature at times of PlayStation, right? And from a personality standpoint, he was pretty much a wet blanket. But do you what do you think when you think of Jim Ryan as the head of PlayStation? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's just kind of a. I can't say it. I, <laughs> Keep it clean. I, I I'm trying to, but it's hard because. He's like a giant penis. Uh, I mean, it's just it's what he is. He's just a, he's just a weird dude. <laughs> I said keep like it clean. That's what you come him, I'm just with like, it. what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I mean, it's not even like what he did. Because, you know, yeah, he was the president and stuff from, what, 2019? Or whenever Layden left. But he, he, I mean, he's done a lot more for PlayStation Studios than I think we've kind of said. I mean, he, he's been doing stuff, you know, I mean, he's had, had a high position for quite a while now. Uh, it's not just the, the CEO part. Now, nobody knows that because all they see is, you know, you know, whatever it is that he's doing in the last three years. Right. Because he was like he, he was like a president of the like the bigger overview of Sony, I think, uh, or something. I can't remember. Vice president of something. He's been in the damn company forever, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I miss Sean Layden. Uh, I'm not going to miss Jim Ryan. That's what I know. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah, uh, I, don't, like, I don't. I don't think it's an uncommon thing to say for people to say we miss Sean Layden. Right? No. He was a more charismatic leader by and far, by and large, I would right. say, than Jim Ryan. But with that being said, too, I don't care about Jim Ryan. <laughs> I don't care about Phil Spencer. I don't care about any of these guys because you know you, you can. You can. It's all it is is a facade. You know, it's like, oh, look at me. I'm a gamer and I'm a, or I'm not a gamer and I'm a total, you know, ass munch. And I'm not, you know, it's that, that part of the, you think 90% of gaming knows who these people are? They probably don't. Just less or, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah more you know, than 90%. All it is. I, mean, is, I, you know, I agree with you in, in spirit that like people shouldn't care about the, these I don't care. personalities. And I think most people are like you or most people don't have no, no, uh, awareness of what they are but i do think it matters who's at the top right like who's leading the ship and how that culture and the things that the decisions they make and the the team that they build like that ultimately has an impact on regular gamers whether they know it or not and since we're all people who are either in the industry or at least comment on the industry um i think it it's worth evaluating the merits and personalities and strategies of the people who are at the top. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying though. Like ultimately like who cares truly, but um, I, it does affect 
everyday think, gamers. And that's why I think, yeah, it's I mean, the, the end result is what I care about, right? It's, it's, it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh man, this game wasn't that great. It must be Jim Ryan's fault or Phil Spencer's fault or whatever. I don't think that they're the blame for a lot of this stuff, but you know, I, I just want that, that, that good game. And that's all I care about as, as far as all this other crap that people talk about and get mad about and make memes about and stuff like that. It's just childish to me because it's, it's, it's not that important in the, in the end, you know, with it really, I mean, I just, I just, it's hard for me to care, I guess about these guys. I'm glad no, he's gone I, because I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, between <clears throat> Sean Layden and Jim Ryan, yeah, Sean Layden seems like a nicer dude. You know, that being said, I could be wrong. He could be a same way. Just maybe he looks better. You know, it's just like, oh, you got a nice friendly face. You know, <laughs> you know I feel like I can have a beer with you because of your face as opposed to Jim who looks like he, you know, eats a lot of oatmeal. Um, it's just, it's just weird. It's weird to me that people get so, you know, into it about that kind of stuff. And, you know, good luck. I would be retiring too. After all this stuff, I'd be like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. He's probably got a hell of a retirement. He's probably got, you know, several houses in several different countries. Pick and choose one. Oh, Jim's going to be fine. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, be good shape. Just <clears throat> get away from it. Let somebody else come in. You know who I like? Herman Holt, Holst. Was that the guy from... Uh, uh, where he was the, uh, yeah, he was the head of Gorilla. He's now the Gorilla. head of uh, yeah, First seems Party. Like a, he's got a nice face. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like so, a nice guy. Know, yeah, throw him up there. He may be a terrible CEO, but you know what? Nice guy. You know. Um, I'll comment on Jim Ryan. Uh, obviously, my predecessor, Jim Ryan, uh, he, <laughs> he has the advantage of working for the 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 leader in the space, right? In the console gaming space. And so no doubt uh, a new console launch and a new VR launch and all that stuff has made it a very profitable tenure. However, I think the legacy of Jim Ryan <clears throat> won't really reveal itself for a while now. Uh, and I think that is probably to the detriment of, of Jim Ryan because uh, we're not really going to get to see the outcome of the decisions he made, assuming that the next CEO sticks with those paths. And I think that will kind of determine how he's looked back on, back on. I get why people don't like him. He kind of says some things that are a little out of pocket. The fact that he is like unabashedly, like not a gamer from what I can tell uh, is certainly not endearing to a lot of people, but um, he did make some good decisions. He, uh, bought Bungie, which I think was one of the smarter acquisitions PlayStation's made in a while, even if it makes me upset that Bungie is no longer independent. Um, and we'll see how long that relationship uh, continues to be fruitful, given Bungie's track record of hating all of their, uh, all of their boyfriends. Um, and uh, I, uh, but I will say that he's got a lot of failures too, that I think you should, that I think are worth calling out. So far, the PSVR 2 seems like a pretty big one. Uh, I mean, it sold, but it clearly had no content plan. I, mine has basically been used twice and been collecting dust since, and I am an avid VR player, which I think is worth calling that out. He also endured the chip shortage during the PS5 launch that I feel like PlayStation probably uh, dealt with 
fairly poorly. I mean, I, I get that it was during a pandemic and it was a really hard time for everyone, but uh, I don't know that the that PlayStation was the winner with what happened with that that thing. Um, and then also the live service play. I mean, everyone on the show knows that I'm a fan of live service theoretically, uh, but a lot of live service games uh, don't work out and we will see how many of PlayStation's upcoming live service games don't work out or do work out because if they do work out, I think a lot of people will probably rightfully look back and go, yeah, that was Jim Ryan's idea to pivot to live service and make more live service games. And now PlayStation makes a billion dollars off of live service or whatever. But if they don't do that, uh, if those projects fail, I think people will probably look back and say, wow, Jim Ryan kind of came in, uh, botched a VR launch, came up with an idea to make live service games that ultimately didn't work out and then dipped before anybody got to <laughs> see the results of the decisions that he made. Um, and so, yeah, if I'm, if I'm Jim Ryan, I don't leave the company until those games have launched since it was my like vision, right? You want to kind of like stand behind the direction that you made. Because, you know, now who knows? Maybe that will change. Maybe the strategy will change with him being gone. We don't really know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he was a particularly strong CEO. I think PlayStation will probably be better without him. Certainly with me at the helm. I know that Sony has a bright future with PlayStation. So um, excited for... <laughs> I'm excited, excited to see what many. you do. Thanks, man. It's going to be yeah. a lot of Sly Cooper yeah. right out is, the gate. Is, is PS5 Pro coming next year? You know, I haven't decided yet. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out. We're gonna first um, we're gonna produce, you know, several hundred thousand of them, and then I'll make that decision shortly. Yeah, after. just send me one, will you? Yeah. Big cast members should should get one early. I, would I think. think. So. Yeah, come I mean, on. come on. Um, yeah, I think so. There's a lot of commentary here, right? Um, one thing I would caution against, and and Dan, I I know exactly where you're going, right? And I think that. <laughs> As we always joke here, Twitter's not a real place. Um, I, I think the Twitter sphere and the, the guys who just kind of get off on talking about um, uh, the, the companies behind these systems more than uh, their enjoyment of certain things um, spend way too much time worried about uh, what's going on with the CEOs, et cetera. I mean, CEO obviously matters and direction matters for the company. And, and as Travis rightly said, we won't be able to judge Jim Ryan properly until years from now, right? After these things that are kind of in motion uh, come to fruition. Um, what I would caution against, right? Uh, I've seen some things this week, which are just weird. Like, you know, there was a chart. Uh, I think I actually showed it a week or two ago showing that like, you know, um, annual profit for PlayStation was down. And of course, you know, there's people who don't really know anything about how companies work or this stuff in general, um, you know, saying that the PlayStation is not profitable. See, all their stuff is, you know, a, uh, uh, not really true or indicative of how successful they are. And it's like, that's not how that works. It's not how that works at all. Um, yeah. So, um, you Lack know, the profit growth does not mean it's unprofitable. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're, and they're actually growing, right? Like they're, they actually raised in August, they raised their forecast um, in terms of overall sales and PlayStation revenue. Profitability is a whole different factor, but that, you know, comes they're with certain more. investments in this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, I would just caution against getting caught up in those types of things because um, it's, 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 unless you, you know what you're talking chart. about. Unless you know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Or, or work in sectors like that. Um, but anyway, I would say, you know, what we have seen, 
uh, that cannot be debated, right? PS5 is selling like hotcakes. Um, sure, you can say that is on the coattails of Sean Layden and the the foundation of the games that they, you know, the tail end of the PS4, which is probably true, but it it's doesn't speculative really speculative buying. It's not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it doesn't matter, right? It's speculative yeah. buying. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it is selling in their their actual um, sell through of games and service on the platform are extremely strong, right? Like I said, they actually raised their forecast in the last fiscal quarter. So, um, but at the same time, I am also with you guys and many others where Jim Ryan just never felt right. Like he never, he never felt like he understood again, anecdotally, I'm sure he understood the business side way more than any of us do. But he never kind of felt like he was part of the gaming community. And that that may beg the question, does a CEO need to feel like he's part of the gaming community? Probably not. Um, but I think it's an industry where there has been that close relationship with leadership of these gaming companies with the gaming community, right? You look at someone like Jack Tretton, who uh, was beloved. You know, I mean, he was in commercials for PlayStation and, you know, he had a lot of fun with it, right? Sean Layden was very beloved. Phil Spencer is beloved. You know, these guys are... Uh, Reggie, even though I didn't even agree with a lot of Reggie's decisions personally, he was still looked at as kind of part of that overall gaming ecosystem and community, right? Mm -hmm. Jim Ryan just wasn't. He always felt like a cold businessman. Um, and that doesn't really matter at the end of the day to their bottom line. But, you know, it, it does. It means something, I guess. Um, I mean, it's not going to not sell consoles in the end no you know, no that, that's, that's what i mean it doesn't matter to the bottom line but right. um and, and we can't as we've already said multiple times we won't know what his kind of long-term financial impact to playstation as a brand is uh yet yeah. um so we'll see i think travis's point is right in that you know if the if the investment into live service is as vast as it seems to be and the documents we have do seem to be showing right if you look at their forecast of spending there is a large chunk allocated towards live service but as i've said multiple times on the show it didn't detract from their spending on what they call core playstation experiences which is their narrative heavy single player games that investment is actually increased as well simply put playstation is investing more across the board on their entire ecosystem so don't think and don't run with a narrative that they're investing in live service and getting away from their core business. That's not what they're doing. They're investing in live service in addition to what they do today. So it'll just be interesting to see. Um, I think what does give me a little bit of caution is that they've been talking about that for a little while now, right? It's been a good 18 months, I'd say, since we first started hearing this and we started to see in the fiscal reports the investments start to show up. Um, yet we haven't seen anything. And obviously, game development takes a long time. We 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 know this, right? Um, so mm -hmm. it, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I think at this point, it would have been nice to have seen at least maybe one project um, that's coming in the future. Um, there is this. certainly a theory to be a theory to be formed of like, did Jim Ryan leave because he looked at the roadmap and was like, ew. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it could because we don't Ooh, know what this the roadmap isn't working is. Out. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what the roadmap is at PlayStation. And I've said in the past that us not knowing what PlayStation was working on is kind of exciting because maybe it's new IPs and whatever, but maybe it's Last of Us Part Two Remastered. Maybe it's God of War, you know, duology pack. Uh, maybe it's uh, a bunch of live service games that aren't going to work out. 
Um, and so I think the the unknown is both exciting and uh, a little scary or concerning. And I don't know if, I mean, it could just be bad timing, but it could be possible that the CEO is leaving because things aren't looking good. And he's sort of jumping off while his name is still valued and he could get a job elsewhere or do some, do something else or sit on a board and make a bunch of money like CEOs tend to do. Um, so I don't know. There's that angle of it. Well, I mean, what do you guys think of that? Do you think, <laughs> do you think, I think Hogue said in our chat uh, earlier this week that, that, uh, you know, h- him leaving could be indicative of like rot in the company. Of rot. Yeah. Some, yeah. I, I, what do you, what do you guys think of that, that angle on it? I think it's it's plausible. Um, you know, it, it is a short term, especially as we've talked about. If you look at him coming in and then coming in just before the launch of what could be their most successful system, more successful than PS4, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? It's on track to outpace PS4. And coming into PlayStation when they're breaking their own records for revenue, Um it is kind of weird to see someone like that leave in such a short time frame. Um, and it comes at a time, as we know, with these shifts we're talking about. So, I mean, I think it's certainly plausible. You could put a theory forth that there's stuff going on behind the scenes we're not privy to that caused Jim to say, yeah, uh, I'm just done with this. It could be pushback from the top on the uh, Sony side in some form. Um, it could be the... Uh, increased reliance of sony on the playstation brand right to perform in certain ways that maybe he didn't agree with um i don't know it could be a number of things we're speculating but it does it it does feel a little sudden i guess is the shortest way to say it yeah definitely i I don't know man it seemed like yeah it was kind of out of out of nowhere it wasn't just like last week or he said something about, you know, I think I saw a video of him saying something about, okay, well, you know, we're still going to bring you, you know, our bread and butter is going to be our, you know, our story driven, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and like I said, that shows later, in their investment docs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Then a week or two later, he's gone. You know, it feels, it kind of, I mean, maybe it does, maybe a little bit like Sean Layden me because he kind of, that was kind of sudden too. You know, he was only there for like a year more and he five years. Yeah. Five years. And he's been here for four by the end of. I saw Sean Layden was, was tweeting maybe, maybe ironically, maybe as a joke, but he was tweeting, like put me in coach after this this happens though. Well, I, you remember the speculation at the time was that there was a power struggle, right. On the direction of PlayStation and that Layden left and Ryan got the gig, but Apparently, I'm doing a lot of research for the background of SIE here for this show. Apparently, Layden uh, said on a show in 2021, no, and of course, he's going to say this, I realize, but he said, sure. no, uh, he said after the PS5 launch and was a big success, he felt like that was, uh, or with the PS5 coming to be a big success, he felt like that was a good time to just put a pin in his career, um, which, mm. you know, who knows? Again, we're speculating. Um, you can he went go back either to be he went to go work for a dev team. No, he's an advisor to Tencent. Advisor. Okay. Yeah, which is what a lot of these guys do. Even Kaz, I yeah, saw Kaz Rai is an advisor to some, you know, he just, it basically gets paid to just talk about what he thinks. 
you yeah. know uh, you you get to that level in your career and uh you can do that yeah so mm. yeah, well well jim uh, excuse me will jim ryan become an advisor i don't know certainly <laughs> he's not just gonna quit i don't think people his age really retire anymore even if they don't need to work but yeah I, i'd be willing to bet he'll be on some advisory board or something like that yeah probably go work for the ftc yeah. As a anti-complete, <laughs> hired the CMA is uh, yeah. acquiring him. CMA is like, we like you. We like you. Are you always this way? No. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. He just always. I think since day one, right? He's just one of those kind of weird guys. He just came off weird. Um. Off you know, you could tell me tomorrow, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but you could tell me tomorrow, like they found ten bodies in Jim Ryan's basement. I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> that's mean uh, uh, but in all in all seriousness though you know you work in corporate space long enough you meet guys like this they're just they're just these type of guys right there are those guys who are just flat corporate guys and it doesn't mean they're not intelligent doesn't mean they're not obviously he rose to the top of sony interactive entertainment over a 30-year career by the way he started in playstation in the early 90s um, so obviously he was good at what he did. Right. Um, he just personality wise, you know, comes off a little strange, but so be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens here. Like I said, Haraki Tataki is the interim CEO. We'll see how long that lasts and who's going to be put in charge here. I think it, I speak for pretty much everyone when we say it'd be nice to see someone like a Layden, like a Trenton, like someone who's going to lead with some vigor, Right. To just at least kind of give you an excitement when you speak around the future of PlayStation. Um, that would be that would be cool to see. But uh, if they bring resistance back, I don't care what they look like. They'll be good in my book. That goes for you, Travis, as you take over. Why? Why, why do you like resistance? I've never I just had a lot of fun with resistance. I thought it was a unique take on an FPS. That's all. And it was better than Killzone. I never cared for Killzone. Killzone was. I, I, a agree, I agree. It was Halo wannabe Killzone, that but... always failed. I mean, I think they both were kind of Halo wannabes. Well, maybe maybe Resistance was. I mean, a lot of shooters game. were in the early 2000s. Yeah, but right? to me, but... it was like I played those games after Halo and was like, nah, yeah, yeah, you I'm guys good. don't get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> but Resistance not, was. I like the alien aspect. Staggered six too. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it had unique weapons. It, I don't know. I just had fun with it. It was cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Um, I guess this is more of an open question. We kind of already touched on it. Is there anything else you'd like to see out of PlayStation? Like as you look to the next five years, the end of the the rest of the PS5 era, whether we get a pro or not, doesn't matter. But the rest of the PS5 era, right? And you think about where PlayStation is right now, about the launch Spider-Man here in a couple of weeks, right? Going into what we just discussed and speculation about their live service games. What What is your kind of, what do you think we're going to see? What would you like to see out of them? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to speak in solidarity with Hogue, even though he's not here, because uh, I know one of the things Hogue and I agree on on PlayStation is that they were best when they were doing weird stuff. And I think that they have stepped away from that to chase Hollywood's tail a little bit uh, and try to make super serious, depressing stories. And I'm OK with that. Some of the time, certainly some of those games need to exist, but I don't think it needs to be all of their games need to be sad, you know. Uh, people walking around and monologuing at each other. Uh, and uh, I, I hope they get away from that and do weirder stuff. I loved the Ratchet and Clank game they put out recently. I would like 
a return to Sony doing weird and experimental stuff. I know that's unlikely because they are uh, where they are. And, you know, when you get larger and more successful, it's harder for you to take risks because risks are expensive. But I would love it if they would do uh, weird stuff, uh, Sly Coopers and and uh, weird new games that we don't even know that they're capable of making. And I hope that they uh, pump the brakes a little bit on the sad Hollywood stories um, just because it doesn't need to be everything you do. And I think it's played out a little bit. I guess we'll see with live service. It seems like, I, I, I mean, I don't know for a fact that live service isn't going to be uh, sad people walking, but I have a pretty good feeling that that genre doesn't sad really work. People walking. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that Sony has a, a plan and that it's going to be something that we don't see coming, but it could go either way. We'll see. Well, I, I completely agree with you in as a consumer, right? Like that's what I would love to see. But it, I think it's probably also fair to point out that we had that era of PlayStation where they did weird, they did experimental, they did uh, different IPs, the Jack and Daxters, you know, concrete genie. We know, uh, not media molecule what's the one out of is it media molecule? pixel pixel yeah. opus pixel opus pixel opus thank you dan mm-hmm. um i and uh sony japan right studio um those things as much as i've loved them and the concept of them they didn't financially do great for playstation where they've done great financially have been spider-man god of war horizon right these big the games you're talking about and i even though i completely agree with you like i'm tired of that formula i don't mind it once in a while i think they're great games most of them um and i think they're fantastic i don't want every single playstation game to look like that right it just yeah. became very narrow and but that's where their financial success has been so i don't know how you balance that right can you do both well, I, th- I think I think they are trying to do both because it's not like they're downsizing any of the studios that make successful games at least not more than everyone is downsizing these days. Um, but they uh, they are investing in live service, which tells me that they want to start making a different type of game. Because I don't think the yeah, live service fair. games are going to be the same format. And I, so I think they see, yes, of course, this is the thing we do best now. What is the thing we're going to do best tomorrow? And hopefully that answer is weird new stuff and not hey, we're making Uncharted Infinity and it's going to be a live service game where you know you you we make a new sad uncharted for like level every three months and you play it. I, I don't think that that's their plan. So I think, uh, I think there's hope. I think they can do both, but I, yeah, I, I do agree that it's a little bit too much of the same thing lately. And I'd like them to get back to doing weird stuff, both as a consumer. And I think as a strategy, it could be profitable if the life service thing pays off. We'll, we'll see though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know that's those games are my bread and butter. I love yeah. those kind of third person. And, and obviously, you're not alone, right? You're probably in the majority. Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess I am. And and I, <clears throat> it's it kind of sounds like going. You know, I always bring it back to food. You, know, you go to a nice steakhouse. <laughs> you're always eating the nice steak. And they're like, hey, we're gonna bring you this, you know, octopus. And, and everybody's like, "What the hell are you That's doing?" Delicious. Like nobody wants to, I mean, calamari. I, All right. I like, I like some calamari, you know. And don't get me wrong, but a lot, most people are gonna be like, "What, what are you doing? <laughs> Bringing my steak, you know?" And and that's just that's you know part of it. I think is just 
that's what they're good at. And a lot of these studios, Insomniac and Naughty Dog, <clears throat> you know, and Sucker Punch to a lesser extent, I guess. Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Monica. They're all really good at these kind of games. And they sell well, you know. Uh, now, if they continue to, you know, pay for themselves and then get, you know, are profitable, then, they, you know, might as well keep doing the same thing. I mean, sometimes that stuff works. I mean, McDonald's has been around forever. You know, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like yeah. hey, listen, you got, you got, you got 15 <laughs> you Tom Brady's. I'm, why am I going to run the ball? I'm going to pass the ball. I got Tom Brady sitting over here. Problem. I like that you managed to circle off the stake and then go right back to McDonald's. Yeah. The, the problem with that analogy, Dan, is that food is not, you know, if you had to eat steak every single meal every single day, eventually you would want something different, right? And you so that, think that I think I think I think that's what really I eat steak every freaking day of my life, three meals a day, no problem. Steak I think eggs. you'd lose your mind. He, he wouldn't I, be I'd here. Sandwich, I'd be dead. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Who cares? Because I would have died happy. I, I, I just think like there's room for diversity. Those studios sure. that are good at doing that thing and still want to do it can still do it. But I, I don't know that it's their future because those those games take a massive budget, a ton of development time, you know, and, and then if one misses, that's and yeah, Sh- that's Sean it. Layden has spoken to exactly that. Right. He, yeah. he claimed that was a problem for PlayStation in the future, yeah. that it's, these games are too the costly to make. You know, it's a problem yeah. for every AAA developer. Like the problem with uh, making a AAA game is that they are the most expensive type of game you can make. They take the longest period of time, and if if even one flops, it could destroy your company. Like because yeah. they're that big. And so uh, I think that that is a legit criticism of that formula. And I don't think that even people who enjoy that prime cut of steak that that's all that they want to eat. And I don't think, even if it's the most po- most uh, profitable, there, there might be a you know third parties all out there. I mean, you've got it's not like that's the only thing that's on that menu. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's got all kinds but, of stuff there. But so, Sony has to Sony has to control their own destiny. They right. they they want to be the the person making the stuff that uh, is is successful on their platform. It also makes their platform stronger because they can keep it in their walled garden. And I I I just. I can't imagine a that it's going that the current model for the games they're making is going to be their most uh, profitable arm in ten years. And also, if you refuse to innovate in this industry, especially, you get left behind. And I don't think that these those types of games are always going to be the most popular thing. And and I think Sony knows that. I think they're savvy enough to plan for the future and try to figure out, okay, well, what is the next big type of of game going to be and they're looking for that so let's hope that they have that that they're working on that and that it's not going to be a bunch of uh, half-baked life service games that don't work out and then we're back to where we were so we'll see though every time i think sony's on the verge of innovating they poop out of psvr2 and then don't support it with any software so (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, we I know we've talked before about Spider-Man 2 coming and not really knowing. Everyone's talked about not really knowing what's coming from Sony next so, or PlayStation next. So we'll, we'll see. Um, one thing I will say is I, I think counting PlayStation out is silly, right? Um, I don't, I've said many times I don't think some people truly understand the breadth of that brand and how powerful it is globally. Um, it is a monster. So, um, and they have a lot of investment in the game space. So, um, we'll see what happens. 
Um, is it going to be a PS3 era or is it going to be a PS4 era coming up? Let's say. And you could even argue the late PS3 era is pretty damn good. It's just that launch. <laughs> um, let's get caught up on Super Chats here. Carl's here. Carl. You know, he came in right when the Resistance stuff was was popping off. Oh, and, yeah. He's know, my like, fellow Resistance uh, yeah. I was like, compatriot. Say something. He's going to say something. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'll make up his Carl? Super Chat. Four ninety nine. Yeah. Pounds, super chat. Travis, you're dead wrong. Resistance is the best IP PlayStation ever developed, and it should be brought back as a point of order. There you go. There it is. Oh. Done. Thank, you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate you. Good job, Carl. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't try to say that uh Sackboy was their best IP. That, Second that best. horrifying Second that horrifying best. little creature. <laughs> play Sackboy. Game's incredible. Play yeah. it. Don't, don't. Unless you want nightmares, don't play. <laughs> Carl, thanks, man. Good to see you. Shoosh. Shoosh. Uh, Travis reached the... What the hell is C-H-I-M? Uh, Jim. Jim. Reloaded the save, and now he is CEO of Sony. Yeah. It's uh, great. Jim. It's great. I'm doing I'm doing scum saving to get the outcome I want in life. Honestly, if I was scum saving and the best I could do was IGN reviewer, I'm really playing this game <laughs> poorly. <laughs> Things are not going well for old Travis. <laughs> you have the ability to save scum your entire life. Where'd yeah. you end up? I, I write game reviews. I write game <laughs> reviews. Is that is that okay? I don't know. Nobody likes me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Shush, thanks. Shush always makes me laugh. I swear, man. He's in our Discord all the time. He or she is in our Discord all the time. Cracks me up. Uh, we got another one. Shush. Ah, Dan is right. Yes, I like Shush also. Uh, th they should use baseball logic when selecting a CEO. He's a nice guy. Holds the bat weirdly. So that would be a no. <laughs> yeah. Totally good with that. I mean, I, I think there definitely is some element to like, is this person palatable? Because the CEO does have to be the face of the company. And sometimes you look at a CEO and you think, I, I mean, this is especially true where I live uh, in San Francisco with like the startup industry is you look at the CEO and you're like, bro, just be the CTO and hire someone else to be the CEO. because you should not <laughs> Yes, be the face. You, know yes you should not be the public lot. space yeah. for this company. Yeah. No. Yeah. That happens a lot. Hi, hi Tim nice. Sweeney. We're talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go make the thing. Don't. Yeah. Don't you you be over there behind the curtain. Let me talk to people. Yeah. Um, Shush. Thank you. Uh, Debbie W's back. Yeah, with a $10 super chat, I'm purely a PC gamer. So, my only impression of Jim Ryan is from the Microsoft ABK deal uh, and its legal filings. My impression of the man, overly dramatic crybaby, <laughs> however fair or not that is to him. Yes, I mean, you're, you're pretty much. I would, yeah. I, mean, I would say he's close. not an overly dramatic crybaby, but he plays one on TV, right? Yes. Like, in that in this case he was being an overly dramatic crybaby in the court because that's what he was that's what he needed to do to get his way that was his role and and then in his emails you see he's not an overly dramatic crybaby at all he's actually just like yeah whatever you know this is business <laughs> and uh you know that's everybody was doing that phil spencer was super disingenuous on the stand talking about how poor microsoft how poorly positioned we are as you know a trillion dollar company or whatever um and uh i i think that's you, you can't really take the courtroom stuff because everybody's angling to they're fa probably following some lawyers instructions and how to behave in the courtroom. Uh, but you can see their emails. You should believe the emails because you know how people <laughs> act in the emails. And we yeah. saw a lot of Xbox emails. I feel like we know a little bit better about how Phil Spencer runs that side of the business. And I think, we, I think we got some hints about 
how uh, Jim Ryan ran PlayStation. I don't think he's an idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He was my favorite. Oh, I told you he's not an idiot. He's yeah. hugely successful. He's just weird. He's weird. <laughs> and he there's no crime wrong. against being weird. I mean, it's just a, it's a who he is. I mean, a lot of that, I think for me, is like the memes and the, the gifts of like him <laughs> laughing where he's like, ah, 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 you know, doing one of those things. And it's just, it's just really frightening. And, it's like an know, alien pretending to be human. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had, yeah. well, they that call that, they call weird. that Zuckerberging. You know, oh when, you, when you can't act like a normal homo sapiens. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I don't need to look Debbie. at that. Give me somebody else. Yes. Yes. Debbie, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate the support. Gecko's here. Gecko with the uh, always a weird number. He always has like issues with his. Yeah, with his I don't know what's super up. Chats. I don't know what's up, but the 11 euros. My thoughts on Jim Ryan is extremely <laughs> cynical. It is also extremely difficult to assess him because Sony never found itself in truly difficult situations with other, other competitors. Yeah, it's kind of fair. It's not like he had to pull him up by their bootstraps, right? He came, he came no. in at the tail end of their literal crazy momentum and success, right? So and he's uh, kind of leaving fair... right at the end of it with like really the only game on the horizon is Spider-Man two. And that's October. He's kind of like, yep, I'm good. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to Travis's might, point. Like doing, yeah. there might be more to it that, you know, we'll, we'll find out over time. Right. So, I mean, I yeah, also I mean, think that's... that 30 years is a hell of a retirement. If he's, you know, putting his, you know, if he's got his ducks in a row, totally, he's going to be, <laughs> yeah. He's probably just hit that, that moment where it's just like, Yep, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. That would have been me as well. Bye bye. Would have been See maybe later. well before yeah, where he was. Like, like, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. They're, what, they're buying Activision. Bl- nope. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <who's next? laughs> Gecko, thank you. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, that's a good thought, Gecko, that, you know, he did kind of just, he kind of just ran, right? He ran on yeah. cruise control, if you will, in that sense, at least from what we've seen so far. So, Sid's back. Ah, Sid with the rupees. Is that right? Two hundred. Yes. Rupees? All yes, right. Sir. Uh, for a uh, question for PlayStation, would VR be the station for creative output while these sad dad stories can keep filling their pockets? Kind of personal shot um, with the sad dad thing that could help with the stagnation <laughs> of creativity uh, narrative it, for them. It certainly could. Uh, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to be because the live service would be my guess would be it's not going to work with their current AAA model. Uh, and I don't think all their live service games are going to be VR. I hope some of them are. Um, but the thing I one of the things I love about VR um, and people will know that I was a VR skeptic for years and years and years, basically until Half-Life Alex finally proved to me that that, that there's some a lot of value there. Um the, one of the things I like about VR is there's no right way to do things right now. There's no like template for success. Like I think there are in traditional games. And that means that there's a lot more weird stuff and experimentation and random uh, stuff out there. So I, I, I really appreciate VR for being sort of like a current playground for like weird and experimental ideas. And I hope that PlayStation will lean more into that with their, um, first party software but my impression right now is that they have no intention of focusing first party efforts on playstation vr it's just basically going to be you know a high-end model uh for people who are console owners and want to play third-party vr software which is super disappointing and i hope changes 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree on the last point there in particular. Uh, we've talked about that, right? Um, I still use my PSVR 2 multiple times per week, but if I'm being honest with you, I'm playing Beat Saber. So it's not really yeah. like it's... Uh, and, and I you know, and I just... You, yeah, I just use the MetaQuest because I don't have to plug in the, the yeah, wires. Yeah, right? which is fair too. By the way, are we going to talk about MetaQuest 3? That got... I, I pre-ordered mine this week. I don't know if anybody's excited about that. I didn't even know it was a thing, so... Excited, hey. no, but um, curious paying attention to it my wife has the meta quest 2 so which she stopped using and i started using and then i got psvr 2 so here's why you should be excited about the meta quest 3 not mm -hmm. because it's going to like uh be like a game changer in terms of power but a lot of my developer friends who work in vr have said that basically the space has sort of been killed by the fact that meta quest 2 is the leader and it's low power because that yep. just means that people have to develop for the lowest common denominator and it it means that a lot of developers aren't excited that excited about um, working in VR because of that. MetaQuest three is a significant boost in power. It is still fully wireless, so it's obviously not going to compete with PSVR two or uh, the Oculus or anything like that. Or not Oculus. What am I thinking? Not of? Oculus. Uh, the um, Steam Index. Valve Index. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I own them all right here. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, it's obviously not going to compete with those, but I think it will increase the bar fairly significantly on uh, the types of experiences that will work on the MetaQuest 3. And for better or for worse, right now, the MetaQuest 3 is the MetaQuest series is sort of deciding what type yes. of it's, it's going to raise the baseline. Yeah, which I think is I think could be enormous. So I, I'm going to get it uh, yeah. just to just to support the industry and um you know my, my my fellow san franciscan zuckerberg um, and uh you know we'll uh, we'll see what happens he needs the money you know so good yeah on. clearly um, 106 billion <laughs> so it's not enough. um yeah no I, I i may get one down the line i haven't planned on getting one yet but um on on sid's going back to sid's point here um yeah i, I honestly i disagree primarily with what you said travis I, to a degree maybe but i don't think the degree is that large right especially as this generation goes on the gap between ownership of psvr2 and ps5 is going to increase right there's going to be more and more less and less of a percentage of ps5 owners will own psvr2 i would imagine over time and therefore if you're talking about experimental creativity and you want to get that to in enough players it's going to need to be on ps5 as a core game rather than a vr game um, yeah, I, I mean, the so. counter argument there is the same thing I said before the PSVR 2 launched, which is the only way that changes is if they make compelling software that can only of course it's a it's a, too, a which I think cycle. They, which I think they 100% could do if they made a killer app for PSVR 2 everyone would go out and buy one for their PS fives. But it just looks right now from where I'm sitting like Sony has no intention of doing that, which is hugely disappointing. It makes me wonder why the heck they even put out the PSVR 2 if they didn't have the plans to do that. So I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little bummed about where VR is at right now because I 100% believe in the potential, but it's it's languishing a bit, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Yep. Very fair. Sid, thank you as always. Gecko's hey, back. Gecko. Uh, with the six euros, I do wonder if modern Sony can pull itself out of the crisis, like the initial PS3 failure and the big hack in the 2010s. <laughs> you remember when PSN was down for months? Like, it's just crazy. To, could you imagine that happening today? Like, no. That's Didn't crazy. it happen not that long ago? Wasn't there a DDoS and PlayStation and Xbox were both down for like a really long time? 
It was like right around Christmas. There was a couple days where there were connectivity issues, but yeah. the one he's referring to, I think, is when literally PSN was down for months. Like, yeah, I got to look it up now, but it was absurd to think about today. Yeah, awesome. Well, also back then they were paying zero dollars for the service, so you get what you pay for. I think certain certain point. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to look it up. Uh, was the result of external intrusion? It lasted. Oh, three weeks and three days. So just under a month that PSM was down completely. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I think obviously from a financial stability perspective, PlayStation is uh, a lot larger now than they were then. Um, and if you look at their kind of overall annual and fiscal revenue, it's it's kind of bonkers, to be honest. Um, but I'd say the stakes are higher, too. They have stronger competition now in the space. Um, and there's more visibility to failures than there was at that time. So uh, it's an interesting question, Gecko. I don't really know the answer. I hope we don't have to find out in a negative way, right? Um, but we'll see for sure. Hmm. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, let's get back to proper gold frame hoag here. Um, in this space, in this vein, I wanted to talk about because I think this is worth touching on. I know Hogue would have thoughts here. It's a shame he's not here today, but around kind of the layoffs across the industry. So, you know, there are some other big ones this week, and uh, we've kind of seen this in, in various forms uh, pretty consistently, I'd say, since last year, right? And obviously through COVID for various reasons. But this week, we got Epic Games announcing they were laying off nearly 1,000 people. I, I think it was something like 960 um, a lot of people, right? Of their team, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and that included uh, parts of their org, their umbrella, like Mediatonic, who, you know, makes Fall Guys, right? A, what would con be considered a wildly successful live service game, generally speaking. Um, laid off, uh, you know, a ton of people there. And then Sega also they reported just bought that, that company, too. Yeah. And Sega also reported some lower profitability um, metrics were being hit versus Target. So they had layoffs as well, not as nearly as vast as Epic, but some across the board, including Creative Assembly, a very well-known, you know, been around a long time developer. Uh, and they canceled their upcoming Hyenas game as well um, that was announced this week. So I, I just want to quickly touch on this because it feels to me, and, and I know, Travis, you see a lot of this right in your space and... Um, Dan and I obviously have lived long enough to live through these things and seen these things in every industry, you know, since the dawn of time. But I, it feels like it, kind of two main points I want to point out. One, it feels like growing pains of an industry that is growing at a rate from a revenue standpoint and user standpoint that doesn't really um, understand how to manage that quite properly, what I would say. But it also... I feel like it may speak to a little bit about some of the immaturity of the level of leadership or the lack of executive level leadership that are put into leadership positions in some of these gaming companies that kind of explode, have a major success, expand quickly, and then have to contract. Um, and I think that that's problematic in any industry, but it seems to be a little more prevalent in the gaming industry. And I feel it's disappointing because while this is an oversimplification for sure, and I recognize that it is kind of wild that we see such growth in the gaming industry that is set to surpass 200 billion in annual revenue. I think by next year, um, you know, like 15% year over year growth. And yet we constantly see kind of expansion, expansion, and then sudden contraction, 
right? And expansion and then sudden contraction. And it's just, there has to be a better way, I think, to manage that in terms of consistent growth and manageable growth rather than what we currently see across some of the companies. I'll, I'll even go, do you one further, Ains. Sure. I think a lot of these layoffs are happening because it's a hip trend to do. And I do not think that they're smart layoffs at all. What, what happens in some of these industries, and I, I see it in a lot of industries I'm involved with, but it definitely happens in games, is that you look at the macroeconomic situation and a bunch of companies go, oh, well, you know what you're supposed to do in times like this is you need to make your company leaner. Therefore, let's cut off you know 10% of our company and just get rid of them. Even if they're profitable and their, their business model is fine and they're numbers are going up and that all the people that they have are by all accounts doing their job well and don't need to be let go they want to hit a metric because the board says oh you know what it would be even better if during this time we could downsize and make ourselves even leaner and more profitable it's just a yeah. way to kind of make the numbers go up in in a in a, a kind of uh dickish way and in, in my opinion it, it's kind of frivolous and and then what's worse is that they'll see other companies doing it and some companies will just do it just because that's what's happening at that time. Uh, oh, everybody else is leaning up in the industry. Well, we should do that too. Well, why, why aren't we doing what they're doing and laying off like 10% of our people? And so I, I think a lot of this happens as like a, a shitty trend. Um, and, you know, some people will crap on capitalism. I, I don't think capitalism is the problem. I, I'm quite a fan of capitalism, but I would say this is a... I want to... I wanna comment on this that. is a I know, this I know is you a, are yeah this is a shitty practice in that can happen in a capitalism but it could it could also yes. happen in any other uh, form of of uh, economy and uh yeah it just it, if you were being smart about it like for example the the mediatonic uh uh acquisition they're, they're the um fall guys right um yes they they uh you know when you acquire a company you expect to have to lay off a certain percentage after a while what happened and i know this because i used to work in acquisitions when i worked for ign's parent company uh for a number of years you know you, you acquire them and then you you when you assimilate the company you look at all of their assets and you figure okay well what do we need to make this acquisition valuable and what do we not need because it's there's redundancies right redundancy yeah. you don't need their finance and accounting department because we have a finance and accounting department yes. internally and so <laughs> those people go um so that is like what i would call a smart and probably like useful uh downsizing uh, what is not useful is just saying, well, we want to hit this number and therefore the best way to do that is to lay off this percentage and and to hell with, you know, who those individuals are or what their contrib contributions are to the company uh, and an obsession with growth. And so, again, I'm not going to blame the, the model of capitalism. I think capitalism can be fantastic when it's regulated and uh, when it upholds the ideals that that you want. But there is certainly a shitty version of capitalism that I think uh, our, our country sometimes leans into uh, and, and the, this obsession with uh, growth and uh, a need to hit metrics and laying off people just to hit a, a certain percentage really pisses me off. Uh, and, and uh, I, 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 especially with Epic games, like that one really bothers me because it's like, dude, you own unreal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Fortnite. there's no way that these layoffs had to happen. And so if you don't actually believe that the people you're laying off weren't contributing, then there, there's really no reason to do it except for to squeeze out, uh, additional pennies of profit that I don't think were necessary. So yeah, this sort of stuff, uh, really irritates me. Um, so 
You uh, you said that so well that I'm almost ready to forgive the Arthur Morgan slander. <laughs> almost. Thanks, Almost. Man. Appreciate it. Uh, the, the points I was going to make back to you, you actually covered um, in the sense of it is easy to say capitalism. And but I think what you rightly distinguished is the fact that uh, there are aspects of capitalism that can go really poorly for mm -hmm. a lot of people. And when they're not regulated and when you have bad people in charge or negative decision making or you are forced, you, I think you also said the constant kind of focus on growth and endless profitability, which is not sustainable. You're trying to yep. hit numbers on a sheet is you get these types of decisions. And I would agree with you whole holistically on those points. And I would also agree on the epic point, which just is bizarre. Right. And yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but I think it was insider gaming of uh, Tom Henderson over there that, that got the internal memo that Tim Sweeney sent to the employees, not the, not the outward facing one, the internal one. It was horrible. If, if a CEO had communicated like that to me, and this is someone I've gone through four, I've gone through three corporate mergers and four corporate large level layoffs. So I'm, if I'm experienced in this vein. If I had seen that letter from a CEO while they were laying off my peers, I would be furious. It was as disgenuous and um, unempathetic as I may have seen. Um, and to your point, a company in the tech space that owns Unreal Engine and Fortnite and other games that do extremely yeah. well, uh, the fact that they cannot support their base developers or support kind of healthy living for their core developers is, is almost unforgivable. Um, that should not be happening. There is bad mismanagement there happening somewhere. Maybe it's Tim Sweeney himself. Maybe it's his leadership team. I don't know, obviously, but um, it's, it's yeah. really poor. And I hate There's to see also that. like a, a peer pressure, like fad to it. Like when everybody else is doing it, they're like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, the Google and Apple and all these big companies are laying off and getting leaner. Like we should do that too. And it, it sort of is like, you know, when everybody pulls their money out of a bank and there's a run on the banks, there's like a weird, like, Oh, everybody's laying people off. Like now's our chance to lay off a bunch of people. And it just, it really bothers me, man. I, I, yeah, I, you know, this sort of stuff just sucks in general, but I think especially when it's like so easily unavoidable and like needless is, a problem and yeah I, i'm a moderate in all things so i believe that you know there's I'm, all I'm, i mean there's always you know i we, we live in a world that looks tries to look at things in black and white and the, the fact is that the vast majority of life is in the gray right there's there's you know That's just right. various contexts of certain things and you know uh plague points out if a company is publicly traded they have fiduciary obligation to cut unnecessary costs and you know to a degree they have they have fiduciary responsibility to uh, meet certain agreements, right? How they go about that is another matter. Um, and mm -hmm. I think what Travis was pointing out is uh, there are many other ways to go about this, especially for companies like Epic, seemingly, than what they did, right? Sure, there's going to be there's going to be times where a company is just down to the wire, right? They're against the wall. They've done everything else they can. You have to start cutting staff. That happens. I've been part of companies like that, um, but. Uh, in a lot of these cases, to the point, it doesn't feel like that's the case, right? It feels like there were other avenues that could have been taken. Um, so it's just it's a it's a tough conversation, and I feel for people. I, I you speak to a lot of devs. Um, I'm fortunate to have met quite a few devs over the past several years, you know. And I we had um, 
Tyler from Respawn on the show a couple months ago. I talked to him behind the scenes still. I talked to other devs as well. And the general consensus I get, I don't know about you, but the general consensus I get is it is very difficult, even if you've been in the game dev industry for years, to feel comfortable, to feel like you have job security and are paid well for the work you do. And in an industry that is, like we said, growing so much faster than a lot of other other industries, that feels at odds, right? That doesn't yeah. seem to make sense. Um, it's just, uh, it's frustrating. Because at the end of the day, these are, you know, I, I like to remind people, <laughs> these are the people who make our games, right? We, we take these as just enjoyment, right? It's not what we do for a living. We play them, we love them, et cetera. We shouldn't take for granted that behind these games that we love, there's tens and tens and hundreds of thousands of people that their daily livelihood for their families, for their children, et cetera, rely on making this stuff. Um, and they should be compensated accordingly and taken care of accordingly. Um, yeah. So anyway, I guess that's my piece on it, but it, it is frustrating. Yeah. Anything I say would sound really stupid. Uh, I'll just say it sucks <laughs> for those people that were laid off. We did have a super yeah. chat that's related to this. I think we should probably tackle that before we move uh, on. This gecko one? Yeah, the gecko one. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Is Travis arguing for the state uh, intervention of some sort of of some sort in the gaming market? Um, I am not doing that. Uh, so I, I am <laughs> I, I am I am a, a moderate. I, I have I have a fascination and, and adoration for capitalism and capitalist ideals and entrepreneurship and all that. But I do think that there is something uh, inherently uh, out of whack with our current late stage capitalism where as Ain said uh there's an unsustainable every year needs to be a growth year uh thing and it, and it leads to stuff like this that i would describe as crappy practices and so i i think there's a middle ground right like of course you have to be profitable if you're a, a publicly traded company you have uh or even privately you, you have uh, shareholders who want to make money um but you can make money without the obsession of growth and squeezing out and nickeling and diming. And I also think it's a little short-sighted to lay people off uh, who are creating the product that makes you the profit in the first place, especially if you have no evidence to suggest that uh, firing those people would actually help your product to be better. And so I think it's a focus on the wrong thing, right? It's focus on squeezing out uh, a, a little extra money rather than uh, improving the consumer's uh, benefits from the thing that they're buying from you. And that's that's sort of the way I look at it is um, it's a means to an end. You're, you're, you're only as useful to me as the products you create. And if you're not doing things to do that, I think you are kind of being anti-consumer. And so, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm for regulated capitalism. I don't think that laissez-faire is the way to go if that's what the question is. But I don't think this is a unique problem uh, with the gaming market. We're seeing this in the tech space too, uh, where I'm at in California, that there's just a lot of layoffs and a lot of it is just across the board. We need to get rid of this percentage, uh, which to me is just, it's just the wrong way to do it. It's not how you run a business. And ultimately you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And a lot of these companies end up having to hire back people anyway, because they find out, Oh, actually it turns out that 10% was helping make our product. Yeah, no crap. Uh, so <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, very, it's a very silly situation. And I think there's probably a regulatory thing that could happen to, to, 
get rid of this problem and make our capitalism a better one. But uh, I don't think it's specific to the games industry. And I'm also just no. not like a, I'm not a huge like big government like they should be involved in everything guy anyway. Uh, so you know, no, whatever. it goes back to leadership within the industry and the organization, right? At the end of the day, um, yeah, uh, it's funny because you mentioned, um, you know, the the goal of endless profit profitability and growth, and I think that's where they can get into trouble, right? When you always expect to grow regardless of outside circumstances, um, that's uh, that's tough. I think um, Hargy, good to see you, man. I'll get to your super chat in a second. Um, Funny enough, his his super chat touches on this, but it reminded me. I don't know if you saw this, but if you didn't, the Arizona Tea uh, co-founder and CEO uh, during COVID, he was asked about why their iced tea is still ninety nine cents. Did you see this? And he basically yeah. came out and said, like, he said, "We're going to hold our price as long as we can, even though their costs were higher, right? So their profitability was going down." But he basically said something to the effect of, "Look, everyone else in the world is being asked to tighten their belts. I think we need to do that as well." And it was kind of this statement that kind of got blown up, right? To say, yeah. like, look, you don't always have to be increasing profits. There's other factors at play in the whole world here. A company cannot be expected to just continually increase profits no matter what's occurring in the world. And I, it was kind of interesting to think about it in that vein. Yeah, I, I, and I think that that will ultimately help that company because now they're seen as – uh, you know, their their brand is going to get recognition. They'll be considered a more reliable uh, uh, kind of player in the space. And I think that helps you on the consumer side and makes you profitable for longer, even if your growth in the short term is uh, smaller. And there also is a growing like anti-constant growth thing in 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 our capitalism. There, there's like a group of of people and smart minds who are like, maybe this isn't the best way to always it shouldn't always be the north star and obviously i'm all for innovation and companies getting bigger and being more successful and making more money i think that's good for everyone lifts people up and and helps make everybody do better and enjoy a higher quality of life but i yeah to your point there's just like some of it is like frivolous like number crunching it, it kind of reminds me of like those people yeah. that trade stocks for a millisecond to make like half of a penny and then do that a million times a day it's just like at this point you're not even participating you're just taking money but and yeah it's just it it this stuff like that needs to be regulated it, it's it's a very silly i would actually say it's anti-capitalist ironically it's like they're doing it but they're not doing it in the spirit and so therefore how useful is it to people so i don't know it bothers me uh get the Hargate super chat as well here yeah Thank you, Argy, with the $10 Super Chat. Uh, not all games always make money. Economic slowdowns can affect live service games, too. Uh, you really shouldn't expect your job to always exist, even if you own the company. No growth, no salary increases. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, Hargy, those are, uh, you know, true statements. Um, mm -hmm. I would say you look at the Immortals of Avium developer right two weeks ago so they they spent four years or whatever it was they set up uh the new studio they make this triple a game they put everything they have into it and it just happens you know it doesn't get the recognition that i think they hope to get it didn't get the sales that that obviously they hope to get and they've now cut half the company and i think that goes back to what we we're saying it's not that uh developers should always expect their job to nobody should always expect their job to exist right that's an unrealistic expectation but uh, in some of these cases, I think what we're saying, right, is there are other options, especially if you look at a company like Epic, than doing what they did. I think in the Immortals of Avium case, I'm I'm forgetting the studio name. I apologize. I've 
I don't know why I'm blanking on so many things this morning. Um, but, you know, their CEO came out and basically said, or their head of studio came out and said, you know, he was almost distraught at having to let half of the team go. And he, at the end of the day, there are circumstances which will uh, lead to that result. Right? I don't think anyone's arguing that. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anything about this economic <laughs> stuff. I mean, I have no clue what you guys are talking about. You know, I mean, I, I've seen it. You know, I mean, there, there are companies out there like like that aren't really profitable that still keep plugging along. You know, Uber has never been Amazon? profitable. Yeah. Yeah, Amazon, 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 yeah. yeah, Amazon, Uber. I mean, they they, they made such bad investments, you know, towards certain things that you know that they are constantly in the red, but they still keep pushing on somehow. I mean, I'm not sure. You know. And their workforce is really kind of well. They're yeah, because they're investing. It's different. They're, they're not. It's they're, all kinds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're, they're looking not, for company growth rather than profitability. Yeah, of course right. you're not going to be profitable if you open up 19 new locations in a single year. And you know you're, yeah. but that that's that's the point. They're 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 in a growth stage, which is long term expansion. It's yeah. it, it's actually very it's funny because it harkens back to what I said earlier about PlayStation and, and some people seeing that one chart showing their profit wasn't as high as Xbox and Nintendo. And it's like, oh, see, PlayStation's not profitable. It's like you're missing the entire point of yeah. what PlayStation is doing. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't understand this stuff and feel the need to comment on it for whatever reason. But yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, to, we have another gecko one as well. Uh, yeah, and to your point, Dan, that the. the not to your point, but along those lines, I guess I should say, yeah, is that profitability is not always going to increase, right? And if the expectation from a leader of a company is that profitability always has to increase, or if he's mandated by a board or some other function within the way the company is structured, that profitability should always be the focus and always increase, then that's where you get into these kind of yeah. problem areas sometimes. And, and uh, I think it's worth noting that less profitable is still profitable. Right. Yes. It's like unprofitable would be like if you straight up lost money, which that is not good and you shouldn't run your business that way. But like if last year you made $40 billion and this year you make 35, you still made $35 billion. And that <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. And that I think yeah. that's what people get obsessed with is like the well, it has to keep going up and up and up. And I think it does when you're in a growth stage. But at a certain point, you know, you you are Google and you have a, a great business, you're epic and you have a great business. And at this point, you can kind of just like stay relevant and keep making money and there's nothing wrong with you making less money than you did last year as long as you're profitable um and you know that that's probably that's definitely an oversimplification but i think that the people get too it's a factor on growth yeah, yeah it's a factor uh Hargeet, thank you man good to see you hope we get to catch up again soon Hargeet, by the way he uh he's not on twitter he doesn't really care for the social media but he is uh on a bunch of these shows and i got to hang out with him in la he's uh, awesome nice. dude, so thank you Hargeet. get go Ah, Gecko. With $6 or six, I'm sorry, euro, uh, somewhat uh, related, uh, the Unity revenue sharing thing sounds a lot like a tax, <laughs> which is something most capitalists. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, yeah. I, so I, I'm all in favor of people deciding their own business models. The thing I love about capitalism is exactly what happened in Unity, Unity's case, which is somebody proposed a bad uh, business model and the market rejected it flatly and that is the beauty of a capitalist system is that you have multiple options and that if somebody proposes a uh, model to, that they're going to charge you you can go no thanks i have other options and you can leave which i think is great uh and so 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that was a stupid move on Unity's part. And I think that has now been shown since they backtracked on it super hard uh, recently. But like, that's that's the wrap, the rub, right? Like you're allowed to charge whatever you want for your services, but it's the market's right to be like, nah, and then make you go out of business by doing so. Uh, or in this case, change, change their mind. So I think this is actually proof that capitalism is kind of, good sometimes right like it it, it did the it. thing it needed to do it it it, it the market it's uh, self-corrected gave its answers and corrected it exactly yeah 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 thank you gecko generous today man thank you very much sid's back as well sid with the 400 uh rupees uh question yep. within this context uh how do you see the game should cost more uh from yeah. Cap capcom uh i was kind of disappointed with the response to this from people as to me it reflects on the age old scope creep issue mm -hmm. in software development really out yeah, of my is, right now so uh cap yeah so cap uh someone at capcom i don't know who came out this week and, and basically just made the blank statement of games should cost more due to okay. rising development costs and factors and distribution all that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. and and we've talked oh, you about mean like for, for the for the consumer for the consumer, okay. yes. Okay. All right. Um, and you know, we've we've had this conversation, right, about game prices, and and generally, it's 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 an it's an interesting argument because, on one hand, you can see the um, you can see the argument from a perspective of yes, AAA games. We've said it all this show, right? AAA games cost more to make than they ever have. There's more time investment, more resources, uh, other factors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, the counter to that is the game industry is bigger than it's ever been it's more easily uh it's more easy to distribute your game now than it has ever been and uh revenue all up for the game industry is larger than it's ever been so again it kind of there's factors on both sides but i think that um i think it's hard to say that games should cost more as capcom themselves are reporting record revenue right they, yeah. they they're in the best place they've ever been capcom they've talked about their sales of monster hunter with resident evil their their fiscal reporting is incredibly impressive um it goes back to what we were just talking about kind of how much is enough you're seeing increased profits you're seeing your record revenue why are you now saying you need to charge more just because game development costs more you're obviously what's yeah. what's taking place currently is working for you exactly yeah so this is just one person's opinion and i'm guessing that sure. they were looking at like the cost of creating a game plus the risk of that game maybe not doing well and so you have to you know you want your margin of error to be so that like you know one game failing isn't going to put you out of business and that sort of stuff but this is just one guy's opinion he is welcome to test that theory in the market and try to sell a game for more and watch what happens because i don't think it would probably go well for him but we are seeing like devs are getting creative with how they can support it you see the early access thing you see premium additions you see dlc you see microtransactions so clearly the market has decided that games should cost more than 60 dollars or 70 dollars with all of those other uh funnels of revenue so i think uh you know this is a theory you're free to test it and see what happens uh but i i think probably most people spending would disagree i think we're paying quite a bit for our games and i think especially with all the different ways you have of charging us more money these days we're probably playing enough paying enough so um i wouldn't i wouldn't be too concerned about one person's opinion about the way it should no. go probably no yeah 
And I, I was just double checking. I just quickly looked. Yeah, they reported in May Capcom saw record breaking profits for another year. Net sales up 14.5% to $938 million, their latest financial report. So also again, a good year, though. You're right. Like, I think they're probably looking at, like, what if Street Fighter VI flopped, right? Like, that could happen. One of the games you put a lot of money and time and investment into could not work out. Like, what does that do to your business model? But yeah, I, agree, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's sort of silly. Like you're, you're the company making the product. You take the risks. I'll buy the product if it's good. <laughs> like that's the, yeah. don't, don't tell me I should pay more because you're worried that, you know, your games might not. Yeah. Work. We're, we're, we are not, we are not your uh, buffer for a poor product. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think yeah. a lot of people are looking at it like that. Like, well, what if, what if a game doesn't do well? It's like, well, I don't know. It's like if sounds I, if like I, a, I sounds like a problem you have yeah. for, it's like, I, I built this crappy car. Yes. It's <laughs> double the competitor. That's a better car, but I need you to buy it. Cause otherwise we're not going to be profitable. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, no, build a better car. Yeah. Um, I'll always like be on Pat the side of the consumer in these. I think it, I, yeah, it's, it's a dumb argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mike Patton with a $20 super chat. Travis is correct. Don't give him a big head or anything. Modern States uh, <laughs> have a role in balancing the interests of citizens versus corporations through uh, through uh, enforcement of benefits to ensure the success of home economic units that are the fabric of society. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Basically, what he's saying is that you got to regulate your capitalism because uh, houses have to be people have to be doing well for a capitalist system to Correct. exist. Yeah, because if that's they're a, not, that's doing a long-winded well, way to say that, Michael. But yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, if if if, ho if people are broke and they can't buy your goods and services, then your corporations aren't going to be doing well. So therefore, it's it, everybody wins when everybody's doing better. And I think that's something corporations forget when they're laying off seventeen percent of their company is that like you're having an impact on the economy that you are complaining about, right? Oh, the economy's not doing well. You know what would help it? Firing a thousand people who are in that economy, right? Good plan, dude. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I agree. I every I'm a moderate in all things, and regulation is good. Overregulation is bad. Like all things, like Ains said, uh, the middle is almost always right at everything. So, if you have extremist views, you're probably wrong. Would be my guess. It's usually true. Yeah, Michael. Thank you. Very generous super chat. Appreciate you. Appreciate the comment. Yeah, it's uh, and and then you know we haven't even gotten into. The, I said global factors earlier, and you know as someone pointed out like how the yen is doing versus the dollar. All that stuff comes into play, and that's that's kind of what we try to talk about on the show. Is there are so many factors into a lot of these broader conversations we have. We try to give the insight and context that we can speak to intelligently, right? Um, but I just caution the people who take like an image or a picture or, and then just go off a deep end talking about like, they know what they're talking about. It's there's so yeah. much speculation that is nowhere in basis in reality yeah. on a lot Usually, of these discussions. You need to be careful. Simplifying complex issues tends to be a bad idea pretty much across <laughs> the board. You know? yeah, yeah, true. True. Uh, Michael, thank you. All right. Well, boys, uh, we are at the tail end here. Uh, as I already said, uh, the only other thing I was going to touch on some of the game updates. Um, so Banishers Ghosts of New Eden, which was a uh, new game from Focus Interactive that was scheduled to come out this month. Uh, they did the smart thing and said, hey, October is way too intimidating for us. We're going to launch in February. Actually what they said. Said? Was that the reason? In the comment, they said that October there's there's too much. Yeah, I don't remember That's the wording, funny. but to that effect. 
Uh, smart fun. move. Good on them. That's the second game to do that. Because remember, Alone in the Dark did that too. Um, and Baldur's Gate did it, but a month earlier. They avoided Starfield. <laughs> they avoided Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so they're moved to February. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake, meanwhile, seems like it may be dead. Um, not only did we start to hear last year, or maybe it was earlier this year, the speculation that the development of it was going poorly, that the studio was in turmoil, um, but now PlayStation has literally gone out and made all the trailers and their state of play that included it private. You can't even watch them anymore. It's just, it's this being is, wiped. Uh, Star Wars. Knights of the Old Republic remake. Yes. By uh, Bastards. Bastards. Aspire. Aspire Media, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. That, um, yeah, what a disappointment. Yeah. Yes. Big disappointment. Uh, I think there were many of us. I, hell, I had KOTOR on my top 25 list. I adore that game. Me too. So I know. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Hopefully we get official word sometime soon, but kind of sad that uh, it's not looking good. That's for sure. And then I already said that Alan Wake 2 previews are glowing. Uh, Hogue made sure to point out while he was here in his chat that Alan Wake is incredible, and he is more excited for the Alan Wake 2 than I think anything else. Uh, so we'll obviously so have to say on that in the coming weeks. But Oh, I'm so excited for Alan Wake 2. I'm sad I'm not reviewing it. Um, I do want to review Banishers, though. I think I might get that review. It actually looks pretty cool. I, yeah. I've been mixed on Focus games. Focus kind of lives in that double-A space a bit, and some of their games I really like, and some just don't hit for me at all. So Yeah, I think everybody feels that way. If you like every Focus home game, I don't know what to tell you. Because they, <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a... I kind of like the gamble, though. Don't you like the gamble? <laughs> if it's not your money, it's great to just be like, you know, oh, sure. I'm going to review this sure. game, and maybe it'll be great, and maybe it will be bad, and then you kind of just... Find out if it's a technomancer or if it's a, you know, what's the what's the uh, the seventeen uh, hundreds RPG they made? Why am I forgetting this? Oh, you know, um, uh, yeah. Uh, are you talking about spiders? Who yes. Made? Uh, uh, what's the game spiders made? Oh, oh, Greedfall. 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 Hey, he is. got it. There you Thank go. You, Greedfall. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. My brain is. Uh, yeah. Is it going to be a technomancer or is it going to be a Greedfall? Like that's the that's the roll you die the die you roll when you um when you play a and that game. Uh, Spider Zoom game got delayed. It looks really good. Um, yeah. Again, I, I dude, I don't know what's going on. I got to get some sleep. Oh, they did. All do I can think Tale. about is race cars. Plague Injected pointed out they did Plague Tale Innocence and the sequel Re Requiem. That's so those, that's true. Plague, yeah, good call out. Yeah, good. Yeah. Every once in a while, they they strike gold, and I I kind of like that because really the double A space is still where you can experiment a little more, and I think you get you know That's some true. weird ideas and interesting stuff. So I really like those games, and I love especially reviewing those games because you never know what you're going to get. You could get a fantastic game like Requiem, or you could get something that doesn't really hit, uh, like Technomancer. So I love that stuff. Uh, Rick, uh, he meant um, um, published. Focus published it, published. Asobo developed published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about a uh, publisher right now. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, a couple super chats to get to. Gecko is back again. He's all over the place. All over the place. Another six euros. Uh, to briefly come back on the previous discussion, there are no companies without workers and no markets without consumers. True. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that pretty Except much. For sums candy it up, corn. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. candy corn. Yeah, we're coming yeah. to it. We're coming to it. No Can't workers go. and you. no consumers. The only- <laughs> <laughs> all the candy corn ever made was made in 1924, and it's yeah. just still being it's distributed. Made, yeah, it was made <laughs> decades ago, and nobody eats it. It's the only. <laughs> Gecko, thank you very much. And Vintage Willow with the rare super chat. Very generous usually with the memberships. Yeah. But the rare super chat pointing out something very true. Candy, candy corn lovers on the poll. One more candy corn they? for us. I saw them. They were yes. losing before. They were. Uh, we no. have thirty-seven percent. That's a win for candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. We're we're counting uh, that as a win. Anything over twenty percent is a win. You're counting a a fifty percent deficit as a victory. That's very funny. <laughs> Let's go, candy corn lovers. Actually, I'm very proud that there's nearly forty percent. That's nearly surprising. 40%. I will say, I was expected to be like twenty percent, but I got this. Like, I, yeah. I'm very. I'm always confused by the seasoned gaming viewer. Maybe I don't understand, but like a lot of times they vote like the red vine Twizzlers thing. They voted no, Twizzlers. See, that one's weird. Yeah, Twizzlers. That's, is awesome. I, I feel a lot. A lot of times you put up a poll, and I'm like super confident, like for sure <laughs> we're gonna win this. And then it, then it goes the other way, and I'm like, who are these people in this chat? Who are these folks? I just don't get it. Uh, Willow, thank you very much. Uh, Shush comes in late. He has to. Uh, they have to comment. Uh, there is no market without consumers. There is no candy corn without people with no taste. This is true. Same people that Got them. eat the red box. Got them, Shush. Wreck them. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's good, Shush. Thank you very much. Um, you guys have been great today with these super chats and comments, for real. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, very generous, everyone, today. Good time. Shame Ho couldn't be here with us. I think he would have had a lot of fun on this one. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, good he could stop by the chat. We will be back to the Fabulous Foursome next week, I believe. Uh, like I said, with our uh, Assassin's Creed and Mirage. I can't say it like Travis. Hit me. Mirage. That review. And, and Forza Motorsport as well, along with, uh, obviously, whatever happens this week and some more uh, into the heart of October. Um, so a lot of great games coming this month. Um, other than that, thank you as always for hanging out with us. Like I said, appreciate the continued engagement, super chats, generosity. You guys are amazing. Seriously, I love this community. Um, I can't say enough good things about it, which is probably why I ramble about it pretty often. So thank you very much. Last thing I want to say is my cousin from England who was here, which I, I told you guys um, when uh, he was visiting, uh, I got him into Ted Lasso. So I introduced him. He's By the way, he played football for most of his life. He watches Premier League religiously, has tattoos for Sheffield United. That's, I told you, that's my family thing. Soccer, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, watch season one of Ted Lasso while here. He then watched season two and three since he's gone back home. Uh, So as my other cousin, they love it. And as a gift for hosting him here in the U.S., he sent me an actual... um, Ted Lasso official jersey from Nike from uh, AFC Richmond. It's actually uh, Roy Kent's jersey. Um, it's incredible. Um, I told him he is now my hero, but uh, I didn't even know they made these things like actual real jerseys from the show. Um, it is incredible. So I have to shout that out. Candy corn football. So- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you all. Travis, hit us with whatever you got coming this week, man. Yeah, I've got a high on knife review coming out tomorrow. I've got two previews coming out this week that I uh, still cannot talk about until they're out there, but they're both uh, very interesting 
upcoming games that uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk more about uh, and I'll be able to talk about next week. Uh, and then you should look for Ains's Forza Motorsport review because I think it's going to be a big one. And uh, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm off working on Lords of the Fallen, which I won't be able to talk about for uh, at least two more shows. So um, looking yeah. forward to talking about it when I can. Yeah, Forza. Uh, one one nice thing I'll say real quick too is a lot of people have shared that I'm working on Forza, saying things like, "This is the review of Forza you need to pay attention to," um, which I really appreciate. So thank you if you shared that out. Uh, I am putting a lot of time into the game, and I'm going to try to review it from several aspects. I even bought the new. I don't have it sitting right there. I bought a new uh, direct drive steering wheel setup, which I was oh, yeah. using the other day too. Do you have the chair? Uh, I've always wanted the chair because the, to me, the chair is more important than the wheel. Cause if you just have the wheel and your pedals like on the ground, but the, you know, the chairs where they, they, the, you strap the, the pedal uh -huh. to it and then you, yeah. Do you have one of those? No, because, uh, I don't use it on console. I use it on PC. So I put it here with this chair and I have the wheels mounted under me here. So the wheels are literally sitting right there as we're speaking. Um, but I don't use the chair. Um, for that reason, I do know people who have full kind of sim setups for because you reason, could use but... you could use the chair with a PC, right? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I could put it right here. I just I don't yeah. need it because I have this chair and the pedals right here, you know, so it mm -hmm. works. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm putting a lot of time. I'm going to comment on a lot of aspects of that. Obviously, like I said, I can't speak about them yet, but I'm I'm super excited to share. Uh, so other than that, have a good week. Thank you, everyone. As always, we will see you next Sunday with the foursome back. Until then, enjoy your games. Talk to you then.